Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for september 13th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden thank you guys so very much for joining me on your wednesday nights wherever you may be as always joined by my partner in crime on wednesdays the villainous and the hateful Chi Town Smart. What's going on, man? You got nothing but love in me, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is there to be angry about? What I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Let's call up Larry, man, and see what Larry has to say, man. I think he's heard a couple of snide comments or two from uh, your end. Uh, only took you a couple of seconds to bring him up this time. Who? I, bro, I brought up Larry. I didn't bring up uh, Pepsi Phil, man. I didn't bring up nobody. What are you talking about? Here we go. And and I'm called the, the, the punk hater around here. Oh, God, man. Just Listen. me. No, 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 no. Nobody's a punk hater. We're disappointed, but we're not here to talk about punk. We've well moved on from that. We don't I, want to talk about that. I have. Yes, I have as well. I have. Until the next story breaks and then I'm 
in your sub boxes somewhere talking about it. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Dynamite. I thought tonight was a great show. Uh, I thought it was a focused show. It was a great effort towards Grand Slam. And I, I posted on Twitter, Jesse, I said that Tony Khan and team have built towards Grand Slam more than they did for All In and All Out combined. Now, I don't know why that is. I don't know I, why Grand Slam is being treated like, hey, man, we got stories. We need to have some sort of direction and story on television going into this show. Meanwhile, we got none of that, barely anything going into both of those shows in All In and All Out. And I wonder if it has to do with AEW, man, two years ago, selling out 20,000 seats at Arthur Ashe Stadium right here, right here in Queens, and this year, he doesn't even have 6,000 seats sold. It's amazing, man. I'm, I'm wondering this. I'm wondering about this this evening. How are you feeling about this? I said the, I said the very same thing. I mean, and I haven't been on Twitter at all tonight. But I said the same thing. Like, wow, we've got more build tonight than we did for the last two pay-per-views combined. Yeah. Like, not even. And, and I swear on everything holy, I did not see any thing on Twitter from you about that. So, I mean, I was wondering, like, man, is it me? Or they just do more build now. And they didn't. Yeah, it, it is true. As far as the, as far as the sales, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, like I said, it was low in Chicago, but I mean, burnout is real. Yeah. Burnout is very real. And again, I don't know what kind of effect that the back-to-back pay-per-views have on people or what, but I don't know, man. But these pay-per-views cost your ticket buyers money. So the same people that would be interested in going to one of your shows just had to drop, you know, 40, 50 bucks in back-to-back weeks to watch your pay-per-views. Maybe they didn't have the extra money to then go to a damn show. I, I, don't, know what to, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot, of, a lot of discussion between half-witted idiots online and people who think they're, they're in the know and people who think that they know better than everybody else. And... The, the, the discussion is, Jesse, it, it all stems from, you know, AEW doing however many people they did in Wembley. I know that was a big topic of discussion today. You know, Tony Khan announced 82,000 or 81,000 or somewhere, somewhere along those lines. 81,035 was the paid attendance for that show. Now, you and I were there. It looked every bit of 80,000. I mean, I'm not fucking taking a head count here while I'm trying to watch a, a, a great wrestling show in another country. But there were a lot of people in that building. You know, the discussion is now, and it revolves around the ticket sales for AEW. A lot of people are saying, you know, uh, th- this all-in show hasn't really translated here into the United States. These crowds are very lackluster. They're running too big of a venue these buildings are very large. They should run the smaller buildings. You know, now people are telling me that the Wembley folk announced 72,000 people paid uh, that walked through the turnstiles there at Wembley Stadium and that it actually wasn't 81,000 people in the venue. I mean, a, a lot of people are making a big deal about ticket sales for Tony Khan and now they're on the bandwagon of that he fabricated the number and the attendance figures aren't where they need to be. I know I called out fucking bitch man Brian Satin about his uh, AEW love all of a sudden. And uh, he's uh, telling podcasters to sh- stay in their lane because uh, AEW is running a successful business, pal. 
I mean, bro, they just sold 20,000 fucking tickets two years ago in the same venue that they're running next week, and they could barely make 6,000 people. I mean, obviously, it's a fucking problem. Wait, Ryan Seddon is... is, is oh, he's, a, he's an AEW bandwagon now, bro. Fox fired him. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. That, it makes sense. Okay, all right. Yeah, go. yeah. Fo- Fo- Fox, uh, Fox dumped him like yesterday's garbage, bro. He's uh, he's no longer a WWE shill. Now he's gonna be a pro wrestling shill, man. Now he's gonna play the cards for AEW's team. I'm sitting there like, why in the hell would he? Yeah, be doing that. Oh, I, oh, I, I, man, I, 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 I torched him. I buried him uh, on social media. Man. It was one of my finding mo- finest moments this week. Loved it. All right, so so uh, I got a, a quite a few people here in the chat saying that the. Ticket prices um, for the AEW show is, is like, doubled. What, for a dynamite? The price, yeah, the price of tickets has skyrocketed from, from, from last year's show. Oh, for Grand Slam you're for talking Grand about. Grand Slam, yeah, to this one, yeah. Why would they do that? You know, they're giving away two for one on, on next week's show. Two for one tickets. Are they? Yeah. So if you want to fly out to New York, I mean, we go two for one. Why would they double the price and then? <laughs> yeah, they're giving two for one tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's that's pretty pathetic, man. Hey, listen, I love AEW just like uh, everybody else here, but uh, that's pretty sad. You know, it's not really a good look. Yeah, Ben says compared to last year's ticket prices, they're doubled. Wasn't it Pepsi Phil that said uh, if you want to go? To the other team, the I grass isn't know. always greener Stop on the other side. And I, I, the grass isn't gonna... always greener on the other side. So if you want to go uh, main event to two-for-one extravaganza, and here, here AEW is doing a two-for-one ticket sale for, for a dynamite grand slab next week. It's sad, bro. There's a problem. There is, there is a root for this problem. I don't know what it is exactly, but there is a fucking problem here. Well, if they can't... Look, I understand why, why Chicago get... I mean... The thing, and and you can't blame the 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 drama of all in on Chicago ticket sales because those tickets went on sale long before all in happened. Yeah. So burnout was was definitely a problem in Chicago. Now, why are they bad in New York? I do not know. But again, I'm telling you, running back to back pay per views is costly to your fucking fans, and you want everybody to see. A London show, so they're gonna shell out for that one right away. Then you want them to, you know, pay attention to all out. You have to pop for that one. Then you want to pop up in New York, and you want them to buy those tickets. Dude, any wrestling fans in New York bought all in. Then they bought all out. Now you want them to buy tickets to the show, bro. It it I, again. I can't speak for everyone else, but I didn't go to any of the Chicago shows here. I didn't go to Dynamite. Oh, but what the shows are always banger shows, JD. <laughs> I, didn't go, I didn't go to All Out. It. I mean, it was just too much financially. I mean, at least for me, I just came back from London. So, I mean, it was really through the roof for me. But for anyone else buying two back-to-back pay-per-views and everything else, it might not feel like it, bro. It might. I mean, you have average working people as your fan base, man. We're not rich, bro. Oh, how many times could he go to fucking StarCast? It's the same shit. It's the same fucking thing every single year. They do it. I mean, it's nothing new. Now, what's yeah. what's the difference? They got uh, a new guest on on Busted Open Live at StarCast. I mean, what the fuck? Different yeah. people. It's 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 the same shit. It's not 
Anything it's a new and exciting. It's, it's, over, it's a meet and greet. Yeah. It, it's a it's an old it's an over elaborated meet and greet. It's, yeah. it's all it is. All Starcast is, man. And, but I don't want to minimize it because if it's something you've never done, you will have a legit blast. Yeah. Starcast. No, you're right. You're right. You will. I mean, and and if if you went once a long time ago in Chicago, maybe going to this one is not overkill for you, but you can't expect people to make StarCast a destination city every time you do so it. So I wonder I wonder why AEW is pricing their tickets out and making them unaffordable. I mean, if if a family wants to go to All Out, or not All Out, Dynamite, Grand Slam, you know, the parents, mother and father want to take the kids. There's two, three kids. They want to go see fucking Darby and Sting on next week's show. You know, they're shelling out, well, how, how much? Five, six hundred dollars before they even walk in the fucking door for the entire family. Then you got to buy merch. Then you got to buy popcorn and you got to buy fucking soda and, and everything else it's, that I'm sure is going to be, uh, you know, mega money because it's not cheap anymore to go to these live events. Bro, you're going to be you're going to be nearing a thousand dollars in the hole for the entire family for the night. Is it worth it when you could stay home and fucking have a family night? Just watch it on TV. Yeah, even even if you want to just, you know, kind of just not deal with or suck up concession stands. No one goes to these shows without buying merch. So, I mean, if, if you want merch, you got to get that. That shit is ex- t-shirts at $30, $35, man. Yeah. I mean, just one fucking t-shirt and you get the ticket sales. Like you said, I mean, I don't know a parking situation, but you probably got to pay for parking too. Someone in the chat said AEW isn't Metallica. I don't listen. I would never go and spend my hard earned money to see fucking aging 60 year old rock and rollers. Well, well, well past their prime playing songs from the fucking 1980s that I could easily listen to in the Stang and they'll sound infinitely better. I mean, yeah, let me let me let me go pay four hundred dollars a ticket to go see James Hetfield fuck up battery live. Yeah, give me a fucking break. But AEW was not Meta AEW is not Metallica and they shouldn't be they don't have the seniority that Metallica does. Metallica could do that. AEW should be no. pricing their tickets so that everybody can enjoy them. They're a company that's been around for five years. Why are you marking the tickets so pricey so that nobody wants to go? If that's the problem. I haven't even looked at the tickets. Can someone tell me what the fucking ticket prices are for a regular ticket here? I have no clue. No clue. How big is how big is Arthur Ashe? 20,000 people. 20,000 people. How did they do at the United Center? Uh, for what? For all, for all out? For all, for all, yeah, let's go all they out. Just had, yeah. They had just as many people in the United Center than they had in Schaumburg. That's pretty bad, bro. Not good. There's a, it's, a, it's a problem. I don't want to make it about, you know, oh, it's the one thing that everybody's harping on, but the shows are great. Yeah, the shows are good. That's not the problem. But there yeah. are possible... Other problems underneath all that that is causing this one major problem. Now, the 72,000 that was reported by the London folk over at Wembley, I mean, this is a big fucking deal because this is going to get AEW slammed on social media. Not that they give a fuck because Tony Khan's already said he doesn't give a shit about what we say anymore. 72,265, according to the local government, the numbers registered entering Wembley Stadium through the turnstiles for all in. Now, I'm sure this is going to create some healthy fucking discussion online where everybody's respectful uh, respectful, and, and they're going to appreciate everybody else's fucking opinions on it. Give me a fucking break. But but the problem is, Jesse, when, you know, Tony Khan already announced 81,035, he mentioned that's paid attendance. Now yes. we get a number from 72,265, but that's a, that's a big discrepancy there. 
Where did the fucking other 9,000 people go? Did they buy tickets and didn't show up for the fucking show? Did they forget that All In was happening that day and overslept? Where did the rest of the fucking people go? Well, by definition, yes. By by definition, roughly 10,000 people bought tickets and ended up not showing up. Yes. I don't know. Or or, or, I mean, or what? Or what? Did Tony Khan buy 9,000 extra tickets and then uh, fucking stole them away somewhere and bury them in fucking uh, some remote desert somewhere? What, what happened to them? Nothing no, no more to discuss. If, if, everyone, <laughs> if everyone is to be believed, if everyone is to be believed, and if Tony Khan said they sold... See, here's the thing. If you did a show and got 72,000 people there, it's remarkable. It's amazing. It's yeah. a fantastic, that's a win. But if you come out and say you did 82, then we expect 82. So if Wembley is saying 72, someone either is lying or they're both telling the truth. So if they're both telling the truth, then yes, 10,000 people did not show up. Let me, uh, let me, let me put my tinfoil cap on here, man. I, I wonder how many people in WWE over at Titan Tower in Stanford, man, made the call to Wembley Stadium. Hey, yeah, you know, we would love to run a WrestleMania there. Could you do us a favor, man? We'll just, we'll throw you a free mania in a couple of years if you can get the real number out for All In because uh, we got this asshole TK who's bragging every fucking week that he beat WrestleMania 32's attendance figures. Can you really put the real number out on social media so everybody can shut the fuck up about it? I wonder if WWE made a phone call, Vince made a phone call, Levesque made a phone call and said, uh, yeah, what was the real number, man? Let's do some business here. Well, either way, I mean, those numbers are provable. I mean, it... If they want to get down the brass tax, man, the turnstile accounts are actually provable. So either they want to argue with them or explain it. I don't know. And to be honest, I really don't care that much anymore. I mean, because the show was amazing. 72,000 or 82,000. It was, an it was awesome, a great show. Yeah. It's a fantastic show. It's a fantastic uh, time. You know, it was great to be there. But at the end of the day, when you want to talk about, you know, your favorite wrestling company and shit like that. Yeah. Now this shit's on the table that, that Wembley said 72 and TK said 82. Yeah. So, That's, now, uh, now who lied? Who, who's a liar here? Is TK a liar? He did because say like it was said, paid it, attendance, man. He did say, and they've been saying it paid an, in attendance or paid tickets attendance. Sold. Tickets 80, sold, yeah. 82,000 tickets sold. So he did say, but then again, did he say that it was 82,000 in the building and over 82 with including staff? It was like 90 something, yeah. something like yeah, that. With, with staff, management, security, all that stuff. There was 90,000 people in the building. So I guess in a way he did say there was 82 fans in attendance. Or did he just add the ticket God, I, ho- I hope for his case, bro, that he's not lying. I, I hope that he didn't pull a WWE and fabricate the number. I really, but, I really hope not. Like I said, they, 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 they could both be telling the truth. So, you know, there is a deep-rooted problem here. And, and what happens with AEW when they, when they get into these predicaments and a lot of people are, are kind of blasting the ticket sales and looking at the analytics and whatnot, why... And I said this about WWE, and I said this about the WWE when their stock was falling. Clearly, the stock is $103, $104 a share now. I don't know what they closed out today. Obviously, doing well, doing strong. And I said this when Vince was in charge. If you do what you need to do as far as on television, everything is going to have a positive effect. 
If you write good stories, if you put good television on weekly and you get people to watch the show, that in turn is going to get people to come out and buy tickets to the shows, to be a part of this live, to see everybody perform live, to see the stories play out live. Why were their records broken, Jesse, during the entire build for WrestleMania season? Because they wanted to see Sammy and KO make history. They wanted to see Cody potentially make history here. There's a reason why story and storytelling trumps all. If they put good television on, people will come. Merchandise will be sold. And everything else that comes with that will happen positively. AEW needs to follow that same that same mantra. Like, put on good television, right? They have, you know, they've put on good television, but it's not what we expect from AEW. They've been very lacking in a lot of different areas. They, there's no real long-term vision outside Adam Cole and MJF. Everything's basically thrown at the wall and hoping it sticks. Tony Khan is running through fucking dream matches like he's running through fucking underwear. I mean, how long could people say, you know what, I'm interested in this. You know, he's going to blow through all these matches, and then what is he, what has he got? He's got a, He's always going to have to rest his laurels on long-term booking and storylines because when you run out of these rematches, where are you going to go? You got nothing but story at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know what? Um, P.D. Shaw, the meat father, may have just cracked this case because I, I failed to think about this one. He's in the chat? This, yeah, this is something that happens at every concert, every basketball game, every major football game, especially the, the high-profile ones. Um, scalpers, the ticket brokers, yes, they, they buy up a lot of these seats, inflate the price, and they don't get a return on their investment, and they're stuck with eating the cost. And that's what that's what would that's what that would account for the tickets being sold and the people not showing up. That really actually would account for thousands of um in an attendance discrepancy. That really would. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. I I don't know what the exact number was, but I know when AEW was nearing 60, 65, they didn't have a lot of tickets out on the secondary market around that time. Now, obviously that could change going into the high 60s, 70s, uh 80s. I, I don't know how many scalpers bought tickets. I I thought the resale market and the third-party market was relatively low for this show. Uh, at Wembley. So, I mean, I'm going to have to ask some of you guys to maybe uh, go into sleuth mode and, and see what the uh, resale, if you can find the, the statistics on that, I'd be very interested. But that is a, that is a very, very valid point. That's probably, the, be- that's probably the best uh, rebuttal here and, you know, information, evidence t- towards this case that we've had so far. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, it does make sense. It, it Thinking about it, it, it makes a lot of fucking sense. So yeah. I, I would be interested to see if that is the case. Third party fuckery. Yeah, it, it's a possible. It's a possibility. Why did he, Why did he get timed out for that? I, I don't know. Oh, he said wrong button on Jeremy Lewis. Okay, okay. all right, makes sense. I was, like, why I was, get I was wondering why people were getting banned for that. Uh, anyway. like for that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Tony Khan needs to really sit down and, and start coming up with stories and. You know, I genuinely feel as well. I mean, the, the, I seen the pictures from the Dynamite show tonight. Uh, the attendance was dismal. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, uh, 2,500, 2,600 or so, and that building looked like it fit five, 6,000 people. I mean, really? I, don't know, I don't know what we're doing. They, they need to start running smaller venues. If they start running smaller venues, it's going to look better on TV. It's going to sound better on TV. It's going to sound louder. You know, I don't know why they they opt to run these fucking venues thinking that they could sell more tickets and then they don't. 
You're not going to sell tickets because the quality of the television shows hasn't really been up to standard for AEW. That's just the fucking fact of the matter. Start well, writing the, better the, television the goal, and people start coming out. Well, the goal is to the, the goal is to aim high, you know, hit your mark and then stay up there. I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know why I would sell, you know, you know, 80,000 seats. Now, is that your mentality? Is that what you're saying? Because that's how you think aim high and then and then kind of well, come down? I, because I'm if, more of a realist. I'm like, let me play it safe first. Well, and then, if I, and then if maybe. I'm, if I'm looking at my numbers, like, okay, you just sold, you know, you know, 72,000, 82,000, whatever the fuck they sold. You just sold all of these tickets in Wembley. Why would I go down to a 5,000 seat venue? I would feel like I can sell 10,000 seats. You know, I mean, you. why wouldn't you? You've done it before Wembley. You just did Wembley, and now we're planning for afterward. Why would you plan for a 10,000-seat decline? You've been killing it before. When, why would you plan on selling significantly less tickets after your biggest show ever? I don't know. It there's, makes no sense. There, there's trends to follow. I mean, AEW really hasn't sparked interest here in the United States on, on, on a weekly basis. I mean, it's the same thing every week. I mean, they're leaving They're leaving a lot left out there on the table as far as attendance. I mean, people are fucking reaming them on attendance. They're running these big-time venues, these, these fucking arenas, and they don't have the capability to fucking fill seats the way that they need to. I'm of the mentality of, you know, let's play it safe. Let's sell an easy 2,000 in a place that holds 2,500, and, and, you know, it's not going to look that bad on television. But when, when you sell 2,500 in a fucking place that seats 9,000, and you got to black off half the fucking place. I mean, it's just a bad look. But before Wimby, they were selling just fine, as far as as far as my knowledge. I don't know. Have man. these problems? I mean, it, it, look, if it was a trend before Wimby, then I, you know, then color me wrong on this one. But I thought that the numbers were fun. The last time they were in Chicago, they did perfectly fine. Perfectly fucking fine. Well, then it, then, then, it, then it comes back to the writing and, and what they're putting on television. Maybe people thought that it wasn't worth the price of admission to go see it live because it wasn't really what they know of AEW. They, they could do better. It comes down to the storytelling. It comes down to what's on television and what's interesting on television. Adam Cole and MJF can't do everything. Yeah, I don't know. The E gets away with being horrible for years. Well, I, I don't mean, see the fans being that unforgiving. Well, 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 that well, well, let, 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 let's reel that back in. I mean, they don't have the AEW doesn't have anybody like Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman Reigns is the biggest star in the industry when he shows up. Yeah, when he shows up, yes. I mean, look at what they're doing with Cody. It's just the WWE way of marketing things, bro. I mean, that that's their bread and butter. You know. Yeah. Which I say, man, I don't know. I, I honestly don't have an answer as to why the the, t- the the tickets being down in Chicago made sense. Why they're down in New York, I have no clue, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. I, listen, guys, if uh, you want to fill me in on some information, if you're going to Grand Slam, I'd love to know what the price of tickets were. If you're thinking about going um, or or anything of that nature, I would love to know what the price of tickets are. I have not looked I'm not doing a meet and greet. I'm not going to the show. There's just no interest around it. There, there isn't, and I'm not going to waste. I'm not going to waste my day uh, hanging out uh, for a wrestling show that really doesn't mean much of anything. It's a great looking card, though, which we're going to get into, uh, and it all stemmed from what I thought was a very good dynamite tonight. We got John Moxley and Ray Phoenix at Grand Slam. That's for the international championship. We'll talk about Mox and what he did with Big Bill tonight. I thought that was a very good television match with Big Bill. 
And Big Bill is really doing some great shit on AEW television with the TV time he has been getting. Uh, we got Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli for the ROH world title and the Strong Never Openweight Championship, which uh, I think is a great move. I was worried that they were going to put that match on Rampage and have it be uh, one of those taped matches where the spoilers are out there before the match actually happens. Eddie Kingston winning live on television is the right move, so I'm glad to see that. Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. They are going to have their match and then go after the tag team title, supposedly. And we have MJF versus Samoa Joe. That is for the World Championship. And the ladies, Tony Storm versus Soraya for the AEW Women's Championship. So from top to bottom, Jesse, this card next week is looking like a fucking pay-per-view card. Uh, and this is why I said Tony Khan's done a better job here with this than both All In and All Out. Next week looks like a tremendous show. It does. I mean, it, uh, it, it actually looks really damn good. So I'm looking to buy, holy shit, the tickets are fucking expensive. For Grand Slam. Yeah. Holy shit balls. Face value floor seats, $600. Wow. Not even, not even front row, not front two rows. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight rows back, $600. That's not Six. worth $600 to me because you got fucking eight rows of people who are going to be standing up the whole fucking show and you got to be fucking bobbing and weaving out to see what the fuck's going on in the ring and you end up watching the show on the big screen. Bro, section 38 tickets $250. That's ridiculous. I wonder how much it is. I wonder how much uh, Tony Khan is spending to rent that building. It's got to be. It can't be fucking cheap. No. It can't be cheap. I don't know, man. It is. They can't be cheap. It's a stadium. They even got the resale value tickets uh, values up here. The resale values is, is a little bit more than the face value, but not a lot. And who's that? So who, who, who has that type of money to sit eight rows back from fucking ringside <laughs> for six hundred dollars? You fucking here's kidding some, me? Here's some section three hundred, section three hundred something resale value. $75 for section 300. All right, so $75 times four times five. Jesse, you're looking at almost $500 for the t- to take the whole family out to AW Dynamite next week. Yeah, $74 to get you in the building, Yeah, it looks like, and that's about as best as you're going to do because face value, just for shits and giggles, how much is front row? You get resale front Guarantee row. Guarantee front row's got to be at least $2,000. $1,500, resale. Close. Resale. Uh, the ring Iowa face value. So you got the stage and the ring and like, you know, the, the Titan trying to be one of those fans on the rampway. Yeah. $637 face value. That's ridiculous. That is fuck and fees. Yeah, that's true. And fees. That's not even including fees and taxes. That is absolutely fucking insane, bro. So go watch money. a wrestling show for two hours. That's too much money. 600 plus. The let me see. Here's a nosebleed. This is the farthest seat I can find in the whole goddamn stadium. And who wants 30, to sit there? Thirty-seven dollars. Who wants to sit there? <laughs> who wants to sit? That's a legit nosebleed. Waste of fucking money. You better off giving me the thirty-seven fucking dollars. Yeah, this is way, way over fucking priced. Holy shit! I, I genuinely am curious how much that building is for Tony Khan to rent out. It's got to be because of the cost to rent the building. That, that the ticket prices are so high. I guarantee you. I don't know what it costs for these guys to lease a building, but 
if the, if you if you got to dump it all in your fans like this, just get something smaller. If the price is a problem, just get something smaller. And the thing is, it goes back to Tony Khan with him and, and tradition. Uh, you know, th- this is an important building for him because, you know, what they did in that first show two years ago was sell 20,000 tickets and, and not even WWE uh, was allowed in this building. I mean, they never ran pro wrestling in this building before. AEW is legitimately the first pro wrestling promotion to run uh, at Arthur Rash Stadium, which is known for the U.S. Open here in New York City, uh, the, the tennis uh, event. But, you know, it may be, you know, probably better off for Tony Khan to move away from tradition. I, I hear him mentioning tradition. We don't need to run a show on Labor Day. Who said we need to run a fucking show on Labor Day? Who said we need to run a show on any fucking major national holiday? I mean, I don't understand that that mentality in pro wrestling all of a sudden. Why do we need to run Arthur Rash Stadium? Every single fucking year. What does Grand, you know, a Grand Slam has to do with, with, with uh, you know, the U.S. Open, tennis? I thought it had to do with fucking baseball. That's how fucking clueless I am. I thought it had to do with baseball, the Yankees, the Mets, the you know, City Field is right there. Grand Slam. Yeah, Grand Slam. Right? Well, I knew Arthur Ashe played tennis. You knew that, didn't you? Second? You knew Arthur Ashe played tennis. Of course didn't I did, yes. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'm saying, but we don't need to do Arthur. We don't need to do Arthur Ashe Stadium every fucking year. I said on TNT nah. last night with Andrew Baydala, I said, if they want to do Grand Slam, you know, let, let's go baseball themed. You know, if the Braves win the World Series, for example, uh, let's do Grand Slam in Atlanta. Or, or if the Houston Astros win the World Series, let's do, let's do Grand Slam in Houston or the Dodgers in Los Angeles. You know, it gets, them, it gets them to do in, something different. Why do you do it in, in Jacksonville? What type of market is Jacksonville? A free stadium. He owns a fucking building. You want him to run uh, what? The smaller venue there. No, the 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 temp- TIAA no, temp- stadium or, or whatever it's called now. I don't know. The, they renamed the Jag- it the, Jag- the Jaguar Stadium. You want them to run Grand Slam out of the Jaguars football stadium? Well, you probably can't this time of the year because it's football season. But do a stadium event in your own stadium. If the price of Arthur Ashe is running high, how high could it be to use your own goddamn stadium? Sometimes I don't know, man. You know, I'm 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 a stickler for this fucking, you know, moving away from tradition deal. Traditions are meant to be broken. Rules are meant to be broken. What do we th- what the fuck do we need traditions for? As long as the show is important, who gives a fuck about tradition? Honestly, you know, Tony Khan is so old school. I think sometimes his old school mentality is actually harming the product. To be perfectly honest with thirty five three hundred and fifty thousand. For renting an arena, is that true? Jason Barker, is that the number for renting that arena? Please I tell me. I don't, I don't know how true that is. I don't, I don't even know how high or low that is in comparison. That can't as be, far, man. That's not even. As, it doesn't sound like a lot. 350000 for two hours, three hours? It doesn't sound like a lot for what you're going to be bringing in. What do you, you know, how much did he make at the gate at Wembley? Oh, he made $11 million. So what's fucking three hundred fifty thousand? If that if that would be you know if that's the overhead at Wembley, if you had to do three fifty or four hundred thousand at Wembley, who gives a shit? I don't that's know. Nothing. Man. The three hundred fifty three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, what is it to rent Madison Square Garden? It's not that much, is it? I don't know. I've never actually looked it up, but I don't think it's something easy. To, it can easily be found online. That is crazy. I, I don't know. Listen, at the end of the day, there's a problem with AEW. You know, it's a deep rooted problem. They're never going to admit that their television shows are lacking. Tonight was a step in the right direction. They did a great job at building Grand Slam. And we're going to get into all that stuff 
tonight. And I want to thank you guys. We got almost 2,000 people in here on a Wednesday night. I appreciate you. I know the product is cold. We're not cold. We're always sizzling. We're always hot right here on OTS. I really appreciate you guys being here, joining Jesse and I on the AEW Dynamite post. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Follow Jesse as well, at Chi-Town Smark on Twitter. Go follow him on YouTube, same at on YouTube for his YouTube channel. Hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. I know we can do it. 1,000 likes is the goal tonight. Super chats are open. Get them on in. The more you super chat, the longer we'll be here. I like to see that. So let's get those super chats in. Memberships are open. Whether you guys need to renew your membership or you want to become a new member, become a VIP right here on OTS. We got some great sponsors coming up this month and into the month of October. Man, some great new sponsors. Can't wait to share that with you guys. Uh, We are back with The Ridge. We are now a VIP with The Ridge. We will be uh, sponsored by them going forward full time. Very excited about that one. We got Blue Chew. We have DraftKings is on board. We have a couple of uh, a great, uh, you know, new slew of sponsors coming up. So I thank you guys very much for all that. Because without you guys, they don't want to be a part of this right here. Uh, make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. I will have some extras tomorrow for certain. We got some news on the WWE sale with Endeavor. We got uh, Becky Lynch winning the NXT Women's Championship, which is a fucking clown show. I got a bunch of fucking half-witted geeks online thinking they're wrestling historians and they uh, they think they're Bill Apter online all of a sudden telling everybody why it's a great move. The move sucks. It's a terrible fucking move. Becky Lynch winning the NXT Women's Championship. Who, who, who called for that? Jesus fucking Christ, man. You guys got to get a clue. Honestly. Jesse's laughing. Jesse even thinks it's fucking ridiculous. Tiffany Stratton won the belt two months ago. Yeah, let's put it on Becky Lynch. Yeah, what a what a great move. Oh, but she's going to win it back in two weeks. It's a pay-per-view. Why are you putting her in a position to lose the championship only to win it back? What the fuck does that accomplish? Did Dolph Ziggler put over Braun Breaker? Did it do anything for Braun Breaker with working with Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode? Did Baron Corbin get anybody else over down there? I, I, I'm genuinely curious what you guys think is going to happen here. Fucking stupid, man. Anyway. Yeah. Jesse thinks it's hilarious. Dude, some some, some sweets, some VIP sweets at Arthur Ashe can run about $100,000. So, again, three hundred fifty grand is not... Hey, shit. That's a lot of lemons just over here for my precious. You sell three fucking sweets, you pay for the video. Who's buying them though, man? Who's buying who's who's sitting there? Yeah, uh, what is Jay-Z gonna show up and roll up into fucking Arthur Ashe and buy all the fucking sweets out? You need Jay-Z, you need Oprah and LeBron all to get sweets, and you're done. You're good. Ridiculous. Anyway, man, let's start off with Dynamite. John Moxley, did he bleed tonight, Jesse? Oh, boy. He's at home. Why wouldn't he bleed? Of course he bled, man. Who gives a shit? It's John Moxley, man. You expect that with John Moxley. He went one-on-one with Big Bill. He's big, bro. I'm not sure if, you, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware. He's big. And, and his name is Bill. I know. So when you combine the two... Big Bill. I know, it's crazy, man. What a fucking, what a, what a creative genius he is. Holy amazing, shit. Amazing, amazing marketing. This it. was for the AEW International Championship. 
And, uh, you know, Jesse and I were live on Saturday for Collision. I- I'm not sure if uh, we will be back on this Saturday. I- if I do it, I'll probably end up being alone. Jesse did not want to be here on a Saturday night. Uh, I got, unfortunately, nothing to do on Saturday night, so I may actually end up doing it because we're having a fucking unbelievable month of September, guys. Thank you so very much. Um, he wrestled Action Andretti on Saturday, and I said, I don't want to see John Moxley, who's a caliber, world-class fucking champion, with the International Championship, which right now arguably is the second biggest title in the company. I don't want to see him wrestling Ring of Honor jobbers, okay? Action Andretti's talented. He's a fucking marquee, up-and-coming guy, right? All the talent in the world, but he's a jobber. He's a Ring of Honor jobber. I don't want to see him wrestling guys like that. Big Bill, this is another story. Big Bill hasn't really been given a lot of substance on television, but I will say this about Big Bill, Jesse. You know, the name is ridiculous. I do think that he could probably undergo a name change and have it be a little bit more serious. But the thing with Big Bill is every time he's been given something from creative and he's been on TV, whether it's by himself, whether it's with uh, whoever, now it's with Ricky Starks. He seems to kill everything he that he's in, man. He's killing it. And he wrestled a fucking hard-hitting, great match with John Moxley tonight. He's maximizing the minutes that he's been given on television, and he's coming across like a fucking major player, man. If they just change the goddamn fucking name, AEW could legitimately have one of the best big men in the business with Big Bill. Yeah, that that, that name is, look, I'll be honest. It's not, it's not the one thing holding him back. Um, but if they continue with the way he's being booked and he continues to kill, I, I agree, he's killing it every damn time, man. Yeah. Um, and they start taking him a little bit more seriously and then try to get him a better name. Yeah, I, I, I see nothing but, but but good things for him down the road, man. John Moxley, on the other hand, you know, I'm loving what the international championship has meant to AEW. I like that they built this championship up as the workhorse championship. The only thing is, I, I don't have a problem with John Moxley holding it. I didn't have a problem with Orange Cassidy holding it. The only problem I have with this championship and every other championship in AEW outside of the uh, world championship held by MJF is that they are so fucking reliant on the open challenge. I don't know if you guys are aware. Open challenge means creative is lazy. It's basically what that is. I'm tired of the open challenges. I'm tired of the battle royals. I'm tired of the fucking tournaments that we're getting. I don't mind the Grand Slam tournament once a year because I think that's a good concept going into Grand Slam. But the open challenges, they do nothing but speak to me as Tony Khan and his management team, his creative team, are too busy to be bothered to write engaging, intriguing television over a long-term period. That's all that is. I can't stand it. They got to do away with the open challenge. That's the only problem I have with it. Yeah, it is it is it is kind of lame. I would just rather have them come out and wrestle a non-title match against whoever and use it as a throwaway match rather than trying to start a storyline with the nucleus of open challenge. That 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 is very fucking lame. Because they do so many fucking meaningless matches, you know, too many. To the point where it's like, well, just make this another one. Just make it a non-title match and just say, hey, they, they basically they're gonna wrestle a fucking match. Yeah. And build off of that and build off of that. However, you plan on building off of an open challenge, but stop with the open challenges. I agree. It's you broke your back to win this damn title. And the first thing you want to do is go out and just open challenge. You know, it's it's, it's it's just seems so cookie cutter. Well, why would you want to do that? You have to bust your ass. Don't you want everyone else to bust their ass and earn their way to 
to to earn the res- y- y- your time and respect. I mean, yeah. what the fuck is this? Now I want to give it to everyone. And yeah, at the end of the day, it is lazy. It is very fucking lazy. Now, now Ray Phoenix, he's challenging John Moxley next week at Grand Slam and Arthur Ashe for the International Championship. At least that makes sense because the Blackpool Combat Club had put Ray Phoenix out on the shelf for a couple of weeks and they had this problem with the Lucha Brothers. So that makes sense. I'm interested in that. That should be a phenomenal match next week. But outside that and after that, I don't know where they go. Are they going to go back to the open challenge? Is John Moxley going to go back to fucking wrestling, uh, uh, I don't know, A.R. Fox and, and a bunch of no-names just to get a championship title reign under his belt? I mean, it's fucking stupid. Uh, it's, let's, it's, get, let's give him some long-term story. I mean, I would love if uh, a true international superstar comes in and says, you know, you're not an international superstar. I want this championship and what it represents is what I'm going to bring to the table or something along those lines. Something, something with fucking meaning. Yeah. And then when they get done with that feud, the next two will be open challenge. Yeah. It's exactly where they go. Open fucking challenge, man. I mean, plan this shit out down the road. I mean, this is why, and I, I mean, again, back to the women's division, every time that they, they, they crown a new champion in the women's division, Right away, they get Nyla Rose and they fade into obscurity because they never have any plans for once they become champion. Yeah. Tony Storm was champion. No one gave a shit. She lost the title and look, now she got a gimmick change and she's becoming a lot more interesting now. Yeah. And now she's got a title shot against Soraya, yep. who has not wrestled since she won the fucking title. Which is exactly why I called it a token championship and a feel-good moment. And that's all Tony Khan books for. It's yep. all in the follow-up, folks. Start asking the questions. All right, he made this decision. Now, what's the follow-up? Clearly, he didn't have one. I would not be opposed to Tony Storm winning the championship back based on the work she's done with this new gimmick. I agree. And and, and if it does happen, my God, I'm going to call it so stupid because it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah, so man. you took the title off Sheeta to put it on Soraya to do nothing with the title on Soraya, <laughs> only to give it back to Tony Storm, who beat Sheeta in the first place. It makes no sense, man. But at the end of the day, yeah, Tony Storm seems like she would be a better champion right now than Soraya. Yeah. They knew Soraya could not wrestle a full-time champion schedule. They knew that. If they knew that, they should not have put the title on her. Now, I agree it was a fantastic moment and good for Soraya and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, if you, if you can't do the work rate as a champion, then I'm sorry. You have to wait until you can before we give you a title. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Moxley bled in this thing. Big Bill. Uh, during a commercial break or right before commercial break, launched Moxley over the timekeeper's table and he came up busted open. Uh, we come back from the picture and picture break. Moxley began his comeback here. Big superplex on Big Bill. Both guys get up. Moxley charged right into Big Bill who caught him in a uh, big black hole slam, that big boss man slam by Big Bill. Moxley did not stay down. And Big Bill went to go do some strikes, led to a forearm exchange between the two. Crowd was getting into it because Moxley is the hometown guy. Then he hits a big King Kong lariat on Big Bill. He goes for cover, gets a two count. Anvil elbows, transitioned into the rear naked choke. Moxley connected with a cutter, went to the top. Big Bill rolled to the outside with Ricky Starks ending up crotching John Moxley on the top turnbuckle. Big Bill gets back in, delivers a big boot, goes for a cover, gets a two count. All of a sudden, because of the Ricky Starks interference, Brian Danielson sprinted out to the ring and attacked Starks, who reversed an Irish whip, sending Danielson into the steel steps. Uh, big Bill in the ring took out Moxley with a huge choke slam. He wanted a second one, but Moxley sank in the triangle. 
Starks tried to help out his uh, his friend Big Bill, but Danielson held him off, and Big Bill finally tapped out. After the match was over, Starks and Big Bill attacked Moxley and Danielson, and Claudio hit the ring, picked up Bill in a fireman's carry. Bill was able to land on the apron as the Blackpool Combat Club ended up standing tall three against two here against Ricky Starks and Big Bill. I like what they did here. Great match between Big Bill and John Moxley. We got the Ricky Starks factor on the outside, which led to Brian Danielson coming on out. Jesse, who is still feuding with Ricky Starks. I don't know where that's going. The last thing that we heard was Brian Danielson tell Ricky Starks, if you want to be a part of us, you got to bleed with us. Now, I don't know if that's going to lead to Ricky Starks joining the Blackpool Combat Club or if it's just going to lead to another match where Ricky Starks gets his win back over Brian Danielson. But I like the integration of Starks and Danielson here and then the Blackpool Combat Club standing out there. I, I like the whole the whole thing here, man. It, w- it was very, very, uh, I want to say it was direction in this. It all made sense. Yeah, but in a, in they did kind of elude to Starks, you know, looking like he was kind of thinking about it for a second. Yeah. Like, you know, like, hmm, like, I don't know. And then, nah, just kick his ass, you know. So, but that little hesitation in, in pro wrestling, that's enough to be like, oh, they're, they're, you know, thinking about it could be, you know, but, you know, but the way it's, it's continued from then, it's like, nah, it doesn't look like they're going that way. And where's Wheeler Yuta? Uh, I don't know where Wheeler Yuta is. He may be injured. I don't know. He was not out there at all. Yeah, I didn't think, I'm like, where is he? Has he been around lately? I don't think since, since all in. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know, but I here's what I do like though. They're 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 paying a lot of attention to Ricky Starks, and and they should, and they should. Man, that that is a guy that that can definitely adapt to whatever you need him to do. Be whatever you need him to be. Heal a baby face. He's fantastic on the microphone. He's great in the ring. I don't see him missing any tools. No. I mean, I don't, what's, what's stopping Ricky Starks from being a superstar? No, he's a 5 tool guy. He has it all. Yeah. You know, I'm going to put my conspiracy theory cap on again. Um, and, and I'm going to pose this question to you, Jesse, because this is exactly where my line of thinking is when it comes to Ricky Starks. I, I love the fact that he's on TV, deserves to be on TV. He should be a, a, a lot better off and higher up. Uh, than where he is right now. But working with Danielson, you, you can't complain about working with Brian Danielson, who's arguably the best wrestler on the planet. But when it comes to Ricky Starks, how much is it, from Tony Khan's perspective, a sense of urgency now and trying to make good to Ricky Starks because of CM Punk's fuck-up and, and Punk being fired when you know they had all those plans for Ricky Starks and CM Punk, and now he had a transition and kind of come up with new plans for Ricky Starks because Punk is not there. Is it... Tony Khan showing a sense of urgency to make Ricky Starks happy because of the, of the decision that he had to make to fire CM Punk. I think it's just them capitalizing on what they see. And they see Ricky Starks is, is definitely a talent to focus on. Yeah. I don't know what it has to deal with, with, with Phil. I mean, I, I, I fail to see that analogy at all, but the fact that he's gone just means that there's another spot open to be filled. Yeah. And Brian Danielson just came out and told us that, you know, you know, come early next year, he's not going to be around to fill that spot. They need a new star. Yeah. So now it's time to start focusing on these stars. We see a, a lot more focus on guys like Darby Allen, Ricky Starks. MJF has always been the center focus and continues and continue to be the center focus. But guys like Sammy Guevara seem to be, you know, 
getting their pushes and they'll back on the back on the uh, back on the right side of the tracks again because yeah you need to start building stars because you cannot rely on one person or or older veterans you gotta you better prepare yourself for the future yeah no i i agree and, and hopefully they could keep that momentum uh even after the feud with danielson ends now danielson uh, he mentioned on Saturday night, and, and Jesse and I talked about this, and Jesse specifically said that if Brian Danielson says something live on television from the heart, there's no reason not to believe him. Now, he mentioned that he's going to retire when his daughter, Bertie, turns seven years old, and that's going to happen next May. And he said with Sports Illustrated that I don't think I'll ever reach a point where I declare I'm absolutely done with wrestling. I want the ability to show up when I want to show up. Terry Funk is someone I always admired. He retired a million times, but he loved it so much, he couldn't help but keep going. He did it when he wanted. For me, it might be a couple of times a year, or it might be years between matches. In my mind, it's around August next year. My daughter will say, Daddy, are you going to be done with wrestling when I turn seven? And I'll respond, well, not exactly when you turn seven, but I'll be on the home stretch. End quote. Um, I'll say this right now, Jesse. He may take a very, very, very part-time schedule. He may go that edge route and wrestle three times a year, four times a year, if that, and show up on TV when he wants to or wants to wrestle a dream match from somebody with New Japan or somebody that he hasn't wrestled yet on the AW roster. But I don't think Brian Danielson is ever going to fully retire. I, I mean, some people have. I mean, it's possible. I mean... Is it likely? I, I don't know. I would. I wouldn't say it's likely. He loves to wrestle way too. Well, much the reason why I say that up. is because he 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 is. You know, he's talked candidly about his relationship with Tony Connor. How how much of a bond they've developed since he's joined AEW. I mean, Brian Danielson is basically Tony Khan's right hand man here, right hand man. And uh, I do. I think there was a report about if Tony Khan is something unfortunately happened to Tony Khan and he had to leave the company to somebody. He named Brian Danielson as the guy that he would leave the company to. This is when CM Punk was employed still. Yeah, but we know Brian, man, and, and, and family and his health is going to come first. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and if his health is dwindling and and his family... If well, we, we, we got to get to a point where it's fucking, you know, absolutely you got to retire. You know, I don't think we're there. Right, 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 right. But so if you mean, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think Danielson is going to wrestle himself you know, just straight to the grave. I no, don't think he's no, going to no. stay active until he's physically unable to do it anymore. That I don't believe. So I, I believe when he's set on retiring, I think he will. Uh, will that date move past, you know, next May? Eh, probably will. I could, I could see it doing that, but I could see it. I could definitely see him with a part-time schedule. Though. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, if he works like, you know, two to three matches a year at pay-per-views, I would be okay with it. I'd be I'd be perfectly okay with it. Why are we uh why why are we deleting messages in the chat? I don't know. Is everything all right in the chat before I move on with the segment uh, and move on with the show? I mean, I see just random messages being deleted in the chat. Like, I don't know why. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on. Anyway, uh Renee Paquette. Uh, she was backstage with Roderick Strong and the Kingdom when Adam Cole approached, saying, this is a horrible idea tonight, wrestling Samoa Joe. Roddy says the Kingdom believes in him, while Cole can keep on believing in Max. 
Strong says he'll defeat Joe tonight. And then he called himself a wrestling legend. So I was excited about this match. And this match had, uh, you know, a, a couple of different avenues to go. But they're still selling the fact that Adam Cole still cares about Roderick Strong. We don't know how that's going to play into the whole MJF dynamic or if MJF even cares. Uh, we will see because I do think that this is going to come back and haunt Adam Cole in some way, shape, or form. I can see that for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, Roddy is just so fucking interesting right now. Man. He's great. He, he's, he's so good at what he's doing right now. Not good enough to make me believe for a second that he was going to beat Joe here, but still, I, I think the layer that he's adding to this MJF, uh, Adam Cole story is, is it right now it's irreplaceable because if, if without his element right now, I could see this being boring. Yeah. I could see it, it. It's running its course. Like, okay. The, the, the BFF thing has run its course. The Roderick strong element has added a different dynamic to it. And I, I I'm enjoying it. Yeah, this is uh, this is great stuff. Uh, this is the best Roddy has looked on TV in many, many, many years. Tony Schiavone, he stood in the middle of the ring and said, it's time for the unveiling of a masterpiece. And he introduced Don Callis. Don Callis, the true <laughs> villain of professional wrestling, man. Bro, did you hear AEW uh, turning the knobs up and down on Don Callis and the uh, reaction that he got tonight? Did they lower his mic at all tonight on Dynamite? I'm not, I'm not really sure. Did you hear that? I didn't hear. I didn't hear. Any, I, I heard nothing that made me think that. No. Okay. I just, I just, I'm, just, I'm just checking it. No, I'm just checking it. Oh, okay. Because apparently, uh, apparently, Samantha Irvin got into uh, an argument with a couple of fans online on social media about, oh, West Virginia was really loud, the loudest that they've ever been for Dominic Mysterio. Like nobody's doubting that Dominic Mysterio gets heat, but you could absolutely see when you watch the show. WWE is manipulating the, the, the volume. I mean, it's basically what they're doing uh, back during the Thunderdome era. They, they, they control everything. They want to make it sound as uh, uh, unnatural as possible. Yeah, the, you know, I remember when Dominic was organically first getting that reaction, and it's because he was hot off of his feud with his dad. And Rey Mysterio's been like a lifelong WWE babyface, and to see his son... You know, grew up from a toddler to doing this shit and then turning on him. My God, it had everything, you know, written right into it to make it organic heat. So when he came out and tried to fucking talk and the crowd wanted nothing to do with his ass, it was fucking great, man. It gave me goosebumps. I fucking loved it. And then fast forward, like, you know, months later, and they're still doing it. Every last single time. And here's the kicker. Dominic has not done anything. Okay, I don't watch WWE. Has Dominic done something so dastardly villainous like turning on his dad to make the crowd continue to give him all of this heat? No. Or are they still supposedly booing him over the shit that he did with his father months ago? There's no reason why the crowd should be booing Dominic that loudly. He does nothing. He stands there with a fucking... He stands there with a title that's basically a prop that they gave him from NXT. He hasn't defended it once uh, outside of a Dragon Lee title defense. That's what and, I thought. And, and he's done nothing at all in the Judgment Day. I mean, what has he done? He, he lo- he, he's the fucking scapegoat in the Judgment Day. He loses. He takes the pinfall most of the time. That's what I thought. No one can do anything so fucking heinous that it makes the live crowds continue to boo you 
months later without ever doing anything else heelish. Hey, you got these apologists online, man, these elitists. They think Vince McMahon's going to give them a fucking touch of the grapefruits, man. It's like, it's crazy. Like, watch the fucking show. I mean, yeah. you, you could just see what they're doing. So that's why I ask. A lot of people are like, oh, Don Cal, AEW raises the volume. No, they don't. Now, how, how, why would they raise the volume, lower the volume with 2,500 people there tonight? No, no point. Uh, anyway, Don Callis is out there. Uh, he is with Takeshita. Callis took the microphone away from Tony Schiavone. Good. And he demanded respect. He says he has learned from Takeshita about Japanese culture and the top wrestler in a promotion is called the ace. Like we call me the ace here on this channel. I go by the ace as well. We Ka- we we call you who? I call you ace hole. Ace hole. Oh, the ace. chat calls me ace at the ace. Not you. I'm not talking about you. Yeah, I call you up with your home. Hey, hey, ace, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're the joker, okay? Clown? Get the fuck out of here, man. Anyway, Takeshita, the ace. Kala says he's better than all the big-name Japanese wrestlers. He listed a series of big names, including Okada and Antonio Inoki and a bunch of other guys that I never heard of before. Said, when you beat Omega twice in seven days, they don't call you the ace. They call you the alpha. A graphic appeared on the big screen that said the alpha. Streamers shot down over them. Callis says he's a real alpha, not like a fake one like Chris Jericho was. Callis says he never had the empathy thing because it felt like weakness to him. He said, when you're an alpha, you take everything that can be taken and then take a little more. He says they broke Kenny's body and they're going to break his heart. The next target of the Don Callis family is the heart of Omega, Koda Ibushi. A painting showed Callis observing as Takesha was driving a sword into Ibushi, who was cowering away in the painting. I don't know who paints these fucking portraits, man, but they are fucking incredible. Oh, are we giving out monikers now? That's what I thought. Yeah, we give it out. The Alpha Kanosuke Takeshita. Yeah, we have to call him by his moniker now. Are we doing this? Well, Kenny Omega got a moniker tonight by Don Callis. What's his new moniker? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Um, Callis says they're going to butcher him, skin him, and burn him. He said he'll love the fact that while they're spilling Ibushi's blood in the ring, Omega will be at home helpless. And then he called Kenny Omega... A pathetic cock. They called him a cock, bro. The pathetic cock, Kenny Omega. No, I think he's still the cleaner. Uh, that I don't think that one's gonna stick. Oh, he's not the cucker. I don't think so. The I don't think it's gonna stick. No, probably gonna stick with the cleaner, bro. Okay. To catch the walk towards Giovanni Callis, uh, got him to back away, and man, Don Callis is absolutely a fucking prick, man. I love every bit of it. He just comes off comes off like a fucking nasty prick, bro. It's great television. Okay, so who's the who's the biggest prick in AEW? Callis or Cage? That's a good one. Keep in mind. That's Cage a good one. A, keep, in, keep in mind, Cage came out in a brown leather jacket, bro. He did. So but Don Callis got the black leather jacket, though. Or yeah, the black jacket, the black suit jacket, the black suit jacket. Yeah, yeah. but the, the 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 brown tan leather jacket. He's got the sunglasses, man. Is it me or is that scar on his head, man? Uh, do they put extra makeup to look at a little bit more uh, intimidating or fucking dastardly? Some weeks I don't really see 
it shining like it was tonight. Now, is it me or is it just like, you know, them enhancing it somehow? I don't know. I, I saw Don Callis um, at All In Sunday, and it looked like it was pretty prevalent there. Yeah. I, I, I literally walked right by him. When, we, when the show ended, we walked out into the vestibule and literally walked right by Don Callis on the phone. And the hmm. first thing I noticed, that, fuck, that fucking scar on his head. We got Sakeshta and Ibushi. Clearly, this is not taking place at Grand Slam. I'm assuming this will be taking place at Wrestle Dream. And I'm okay with that. I think that's a great fucking match. And I like that they're continuing the story with Takeshita and Omega. It's a great way to get uh, the, the, the ball rolling and continue the storyline. So they're actually building towards two pay-per-views at one time now. Yeah. Okay. God it's crazy. fucking damn it, dude. See, man, it is possible, and they know how to do it when they need to do it. They just <laughs> refuse to do it. They just now. refused last week, two weeks ago. They refused to do it. Oh, my God. Hold on. Guardian has something to say here, man. Hold on. He says, heads up, my iPhone acting up with a glitch. I deleted a few people in the chat. My bad. Please, my apologies to JD as well. Damn it. Sorry, guys. Guardian's phone is acting crazy, he says tonight. Maybe he needs to upgrade to that new titanium iPhone 15 Pro. Maybe you need to get away from iPhones. Just saying, I have a Samsung phone, and my phone does not randomly delete people in my chat. Did anybody watch that Apple event the other day, man? Yesterday? Holy shit. One of the worst fucking advertisements for new product that I've ever seen. It took them an hour and a half to get to the one piece of information that I needed, which was the price of the phone. <laughs> you know they're going to give you that last. You got to build value in your product before you give the price. Just bro. give me the fucking phone. Just give me the price so I can go pre-order it on Friday, please. <laughs> you just just give it to me anyway, Jesus no matter Christ. how. You don't even use half the fucking features on the phone. Then why are you trying to get one? Because I have an upgrade. Man, they got you, man. They're giving $1,000 <laughs> on trading. They got you, bro. They're giving $1,000 on trading, man. I got an iPhone 14 Pro Max. $1,000 towards a new phone. Sign me up. They got your I'm an Apple Mark, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Marvez. Speaking of Marks, Alex Marvez interviewed Danielson Mox and Claudio Danielson says they love it when things escalate. He challenged Starks and Big Bill to face him and Claudio on Saturday night. Collision. Marvez then asks Mox about facing Ray Phoenix at Grand Slam and Claudio facing Eddie Kings. Then Mox says that's easy work and a day off for them. Phoenix and Panther charged in and obviously took offense to that. Yelling at Moxley, Kingston walked up to Claudio and calmly stared him down. Claudio returned the favor and Eddie said one more week and then laughed, cackled and laughed and walked away. That's basically it. I'm looking forward to that match. Eddie versus Claudio. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a a great moment for Tony Khan, man, to give Eddie Kingston a win like that in New York. It's going to be a hard-hitting banger. It's going to be... It, it feels like a blood feud. It feels like a legit grudge match. These guys want to fucking fight because they can't stand each other. Yeah. So let's see it, you know. It, it, not too often does something that simple work for a feud. And this is pure, and, and, and they've taken the time to condition us and show us and tell us how much they have hate each other. And then they told us why they can't stand each other and how they used to be friends and why they can't stand each other now. If there was genuine... It feels like they just want to fucking fight. How many people have you known in your life? I, I've known quite a few. How many people you've known in your life where it's just like 
these two just want to fucking fight. Just let them fucking fight. Just let them fight and get it the fuck over with. Now, you know, a lot of confrontational people, man. I don't know people like that. Oh, my God, dude. I mean, just let them. I've been one of those people with friends of mine. Like, dude, we just need to fucking box because I'm getting tired of your shit. We either have to fight or you just have to leave me alone. And most cases, they've come down to just leave me alone. I'll just, we'll just not do this shit. Neither one of us want to go to jail, so we don't want to do that. Is he going to be Eddie Two Belts next week? Ooh, why not? What is Claudio doing with that belt? Nothing. He's got what is Tony Khan doing with Ring of Honor? Nothing. He's, he's, he's got the B, he got the BCC. You know, Claudio's busy with, with, with his buddies over in BCC. And you know, Eddie can rub, use a nice little rub with two belts. Why not? Looking forward to it. Yeah. Hook. Renee was asking him about regaining the FTW title against Jack Perry, who was not named here. At all in. It, they wouldn't say his name? No, he didn't mention He wasn't, he wasn't mentioned there. Oh. Uh, when Orange Cassidy walked in, she asked, what's up? He said, I don't know. I was just walking around and saw Hulk all mad about something. He asked what he has to be sad about and mad about. He has a championship. Hook then said to Orange Cassidy, well, you were a great champion. Cassidy said, you are too. Renee asked Cassidy if he's doing okay. And Cassidy said, I'm still so tired. So stay home, bro. <laughs> Nobody actually to be here, man. Go, go take a nap. Go sit on the couch. Put your feet up. You know, take it easy. The fuck you doing here? <laughs> I don't know. The ladies, Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker. The doctor will see you now. Hi, Brittany. Hi, how you doing, honey? Everything good. Summer, summer's ending. You, you, you know, you're looking forward to the fall, right? I don't know, man. You got to make a dentist appointment, Jesse. I heard you you have a, a dentist appointment coming up, no? Have you enlisted Britt Baker? I will not speak ill of Britt Baker. I don't want to get well, who's fan airport again, man. We love, we love Britt Baker here, man. We're a, we're a get- pro-Britney podcast here, man. I don't want to get fan shamed on Twitter again about how she's going to be the bigger person as she continues to bully me listen, in listen. the same tweet. So it's, listen, man, not all of us could be marks, bro. Uh, yeah, if I was in your shoes, I would have said nothing at all. I would just put minding hey, my man. business. I kept walking. I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan, man. Next time I see Brittany, I'm going to ask for another picture. All right. I'm a fan. Better you than me. Anyway, um, I genuinely thought that Britt might actually win this thing, um, but they made the right decision. Tony Storm won. Uh, it barely went six minutes. Baker super kicked Sheeta. Sheeta saw it coming, so Baker stopped short. We got all four ladies going back and forth with several near falls. Sheeta had Rose covered, but Baker kicked Sheeta to break up the cover. She stomped Sheeta. Storm then rolled up Baker for a leverage three count. And Tony Storm will face Soraya next week at Grand Slam. Now, I mentioned this when Jesse and I were live in London when we did the live podcast from uh, Outset Studios. And I said, Tony Khan books for moments. And that's exactly what he's done because the title has been nothing more than a prop on Soraya. She was asked how many times you're going to defend the championship. You know, now now that you're a champion, uh, do you feel like you have to be on TV and defend the title a little bit more, wrestle a little bit more? She hasn't wrestled once. Since she's anything. won this championship. And she hasn't, done anything. she hasn't done anything with the championship. She hasn't done anything. Her being the champion has not enhanced the women's division at all. I mean, it, nothing 
has changed. She's going into this match next week. I'm not really giving it much thought or I'm not really holding my breath for it to be a, a banger match. I don't think Soraya is going to have banger matches in 2023. But if I'm AEW creative, Jesse, I'm taking the title off Soraya. I'm putting it right, right back on Tony Storm because, honestly, Tony has more going for her. Tony has more hype. People are more excited about what Tony Storm is doing. She's got a gimmick that's working. I mean, there's, there, now there are signs in the crowd about, you know, shoes flying and tits out and all this other shit. I think they got a new T-shirt with her as well. I mean, she's just doing her own thing, and she's just gotten this gimmick over by being great at what she does. I make the title change next week. Let me tell you something, man. And I'm just, maybe I'm in the mood to just piss people off tonight. I don't know, but. Oh, it's great. I mean, uh, uh, more, more people pissed off, the better. You want to know what I'm doing with the women's title? I'm taking that title, and I'm taking Chris Statlander's title, and I am rolling those titles into one, and I'm going to come up with a way to crown one women's champion in AEW. We have one world champion now. We have one set of tag team champions. We're going to have one women's champion, bro. First off, there does not need to be two women's champions in a division where you can't get a single fucking cohesive storyline going on that people will care about. We need one women's champion. Now, once we get one women's champion, we're going to book that women's champion very strong, have her be a dominant women's champion, but not crazy dominant so that you're counting her wins like 5 million fucking wins in a row into the point where people no, no longer want to see her as champion. We're going to have one champion, and we're going to book that champion strong, and we're going to make that champion the face of our company. How's that for an idea? Is it asking too much? What the fuck is Chris Statlander doing with this title? We got all the shit shared from the beer garden, bro. Same thing Saray is doing with it. Nothing. I can take both these women's titles, combine them, and find the FTW title to be more prestige than both of them combined. I'm serious. It's fucking ridiculous, man. Uh, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, what do I need to be here for, man? I mean, I'm the host of the show, man. You do it. You, you're fucking. Yeah, what, what a brilliant idea, man. What do I need to be here for, man? Go, run the show yourself, it. bro. Go ahead. There you go. go I'm fucking tired of it. Every time you crown us a new champ, I could not wait for Statland to become champion. She got hurt. Fuck, that sucks. She came back and you like hot shot the title right to her right away. I understand that because we wanted Stat to be champion before an injury. So I'm with it. So now she's champion. Now, what are we going to do with it? Not a goddamn thing. Nothing. She did nothing. We took the title off Tony Storm and we gave it to fucking Sheeta. And then we want to give it to fucking everyone else. I mean, and then we want to give it to Saray. And then we want to give it back to Tony Storm. They want to give it who gives a shit? Get rid of both of them and have one fucking women's champion and treat this women's champion like she is the best women's wrestler in your company and none of the other women can fucking come close to her. The only exception I'll give you is, is Athena. She is the ROH champion that remains. Outside of that, you need one. Why the fuck do you have three women's champions in your company right now? Three! And only one is worth anything as champion. 
And then you want to know why we don't get invited to the media scrums. I guess so. Because this would be a question on the list. You think Jesse and I would come unprepared to a a session like that? We'd have a whole fucking slew of questions, man. We'd ask Tony Khan, hey, TK, has has there been any thought to maybe merging the TBS championship with the AW Women's Championship? Because... There's no need for two championships in AEW. You don't even no. use half the fucking women you got employed. You don't. The one champion you do have that we love, we never see because we don't watch ROH. Yeah. I guess shame on us for not watching ROH, but shame Boom. on you for having your best women's champion what, what, what is, what not is, on TV. What, what, is, what is ROH, bro? It's this, what, what, I'm, I'm trying, I, I don't know. ROH? Oh, here's dark, you dark. Here's what you, That's, here's what you can do. Here's hey, what you can do. Dark, man. I here's forgot what you can about do. that. They can figure it out however they want to do it. I don't care. But get the title off of Chris Statlander, get the title off of Soraya, and make Athena the AEW Women's Champion, period. Now you can find a new ROH champion, a women's champion for, you know, whoever that wants to be. But right now, Athena is the best female you have in the fucking company. She should be champion. Soraya, Soraya, can I ask you a question? How do you feel about being the champion? Jesus Christ. No, I agree with you, man. Everything you said is factual information. There's no need for two championships. None. There's no need. Every fucking week, we're trying to figure out who should be champion. Should it be Soraya or should it be Tony Storm? Let's make it Tony Storm. Now Tony Storm or Britt Baker. How about Jamie Hayter? How about the same fucking three or four women in a circle just pass the fucking title around? Just. I don't know. The women's, the women's title means nothing. They keep hot potatoing it. The, the TBS title means nothing because they won't do anything with the champion. They, they, they don't care about women's wrestling. AEW doesn't care about women's wrestling. They don't. I don't give a shit what anybody in that locker room thinks of management thinking that they do. They don't because it would translate on TV. WW doesn't give a shit about women's wrestling. Unless you're Charlotte Flair or Becky Lynch or Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley. They don't, give, they don't even give a shit about Rhea Ripley. They've done nothing with Rhea as champion. Bianca, Charlotte, and Becky, that's it. Unless you are those three women, they don't give a single shit about you. And by the way, I saw the the bell ringing ceremony at the stock exchange. Can anybody answer me this as opposed to the answer I'm already thinking in my head? Why is Montez Ford and Bianca Belair there with Vince and Triple H and Nick Khan? Uh, Because... I don't want to be labeled as a racist, pal. There's only one reason. There's only <laughs> unless someone else has unless someone else around here that I'm unaware of has a, le- a legitimate reason why that they brought the one black couple out that they have to put them front and center at the national New York. Oh, Spotting but I thought State. Bianca was injured, bro. I thought I thought she, I thought uh, damage control took her out, man. She's she's good enough to show up at uh, Wall Street. Neither one of them are even the fucking champions, are they? No champions, not like one is spirit. Okay, did you bring the, the two top talents of your company? No. If you would have put Roman Reigns and, and Rhea Ripley out there with them, I would have said, that makes sense. Our biggest moment, these are our biggest talents right here, right now, representing the men and women. Fantastic. Why is Bianca Belair Never mind that. Where the fuck there? is Cody? Cody should have been out there. In, C- Cody, I'd have taken Cody. 
Why, of all of the people on the roster, why was Ford and Bel Air out there? One reason. The one reason that you're thinking. Token. Look, look, we got two. We got two right here. Yeah, but keep thinking that the environment in WWE is going to change, man. Why are they there? Are they are they stockhold? I mean, what are they? Are they on the board? Why are they there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe Montez Ford has a uh, uh, a seat on the uh, board of directors. I don't know. What kind of shit is this, dude? I don't know. Anyway. Hey, bring bring some bring some people of color with you, Vince. Well, John Cena, yeah, John Cena's back, right? Where's John Cena? Oh, he was there. You didn't see him. He was there. Yeah. No, I didn't see him. Of course. <laughs> Okay, Mike. <laughs> Why were they there? Can anybody come up with one logical reason other than color diversity? Why were they there? I don't know. It's so funny. You got me ridiculous. stumped there, bro. I don't know. Just wondering. I'm just wondering that as I'm watching this. Like, why the fuck are they here? Why are they here? Anyway, uh, we're going to get into uh, the second half of this show, guys. Please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. we got 554. We're more than halfway there. If you guys can kindly do that, for me, it helps the video out tremendously. And Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out for last call here at the end of the Dynamite Post. Renee interviewed Soraya with Ruby Soho about facing Tony Storm. Soraya congratulated Tony in a very sarcastic tone. Soraya said Storm lost her top spot to her, but also lost her mind. She said she'll walk out of Grand Slam with nothing. And Soraya will walk out with the Women's Championship. I hope to God not. Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, the LA Sex Gods, they made their way to the ring. Jericho announced that he's going to be facing Sammy Guevara one-on-one next week at Grand Slam for the first time. He says they've been together for four years since the first episode of Dynamite. He says they've had ups and downs. He threw a video package on the big screen and it highlighted their past. And, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of this sappy fucking uh, reminiscing of history between Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Not really my cup of tea. I walked um, out of the room. Yeah. That's how I, important I, 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 walked, I walked out of the room for the promo package. Yeah. Uh, Sammy told Jericho he still doesn't know the lyrics to Judas. I mean, that's your problem, Sammy. I mean, just I listen to every that. fucking show on, uh, on Wednesday night that has dynamite. <laughs> And Jericho attached to it. I mean, you, you don't know the the lyrics to Judas. All you need, all you need, is the chorus. Who gives a shit about the rest? No, that's not the whole song, though. No. Now, if you're a fan, you know the all, all the lyrics to the song. Ah, see, I don't know the whole song. Jericho laughed and said he wasn't in key, so don't worry about it. Jericho talked about watching the NWA 70th, 70th anniversary pay per view in 2018, and he saw Guevara in a preliminary match. He said he was blown away and called Tony Khan and told him to sign him. He said he was impressed by his talent and his look. He says he had what it took to be a big star and he wanted to help him out as much as he could. He said over the years, he watched Guevara grow from a boy into a man. He says he's seen him mature, win titles, get married, and become a father. Jericho, yeah, well, he better watch out for Christian Cage. Oh, boy. Better watch out for Christian Cage, man. As soon as you start throwing that word around and you become a father, man, you become... Uh, a, a fucking notation on Christian Cage's father list. Bro, after tonight, mothers aren't even safe. Man. Unbelievable. Jericho says he's proud of him. Fans cheered. Um, Guevara said Jericho inspires him. He thanked him for changing his life and so many others in the back. 
said, without Jericho, there is no AEW. And that may be a fact. In fact, it is a fact. He says he didn't come to AEW to just be his sidekick, though. He says he wants everyone to look at him the way they look at Mox, Danielson, and Jericho. He says that can't happen as long as he is in his shadow, which is why he needs to beat him next week. Jericho says he wasn't brought into AEW to be his sidekick. He says he envisioned him being a main event player and a money-making draw. He says that's getting closer every single week. He said if he wants to get to that next level, he has to do it outside of his influence and do it on his own. Next week is the opportunity to do that. He said it's one of the biggest matches of both of their careers. And he says he'll have to be better than he ever has been before to have a chance to beat him. But I don't think you're ready to beat me yet, he said to Sammy. Guevara said that's why he has to beat him next week because Jericho doesn't respect him like he respects Sammy. He says he's going to beat him as the 2023 version, not the 2008 version. He said then once he's earned his respect, they'll shake hands, they'll hug, and they'll go on to win the tag team titles together. Jericho shook his hand, yanked him in close for a nice little stare down before their match next week. Jericho's tone changed to being angry as he said he's not going to go easy on him and he's going to beat the living shit out of him. He said he'll punch him harder than he's punched anyone in his life and expects the same thing from Sammy. Guevara says, I wouldn't have it any other way. This was a good segment. You know, they established the fact that this is one of their uh, either guys, you know, an important match in their career. This is probably a bigger match for Sammy than it is for Jericho. Jericho said this is one of the most important matches in his entire career. I doubt that highly. Uh, but there is a sense of urgency here, Jesse. There is uh, stakes on the line here for Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho, honestly, as well. And I like the fact that they are still friends, but they understand that they need to get this out of their system. And then after that, then they can accomplish the goal, which is winning the tag team championships. This is good, man. It's, it feels like a big match next week. Who's going to turn on who and why? Uh, Jericho is going to turn on Sammy. Bingo. Why? Uh, because uh, this may sound like a generic reason. I, I just feel like Jericho is a better heel than he is a babyface, and I can't see Sammy as a as a heel because of the whole Tay and her being pregnant, him becoming a father deal. Like I don't I don't want to boo that. Like I'm well, proud I'm proud of him. I, I don't want to boo him. Uh, uh, close. Yeah. yeah. I mean they're 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 doing it. This is all a part of the. Remember we said a few weeks ago that they're forcing this this Sammy Guevara face turn shit a little bit too much. Need to pull back a little bit, let it happen organically. Yeah. Jericho's going to get him over as a baby face. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why you guys keep asking about Wardlow. Where's Wardlow? Wardlow may be fucking fired for all we know. Wardlow's gone. I don't know. I'm convinced Wardlow slept with Tony Khan's girlfriend twice. At least twice. Or maybe he got so upset. Maybe, Maybe he's scared of Christian Cage. Maybe he tried to use real glass. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what happened to Warlow. I don't know. Even if Warlow comes back, guys, what is he going to do? Maybe he's, he's growing his hair out because he realized how ridiculous he looked. Remember when we said, "Oh man, Warlow's buried," and then people start, "Oh, there you go, throwing that buried turn around." Not everybody's buried. How about now? Looks pretty fucking buried to me. Maybe he's growing his hair out. <laughs> Buried. I don't know. MJF. Clip had last Wednesday of the trainer saying MJF isn't cleared to travel next week. He said uh, he'll be fine by Grand Slam. MJF had no problem with not wrestling till Grand Slam. Yeah, another week off for MJF. He could sit at home with Piper, his cat. 
MJF says he wanted Roddy the simp strong or Samoa Joe to win because he hates both of them. He says he'll rip his head off and shove it up his ass. He says he's been a manipulative person, a wet blanket and a third wheel. He told him to shake it off and called him a bland bitch. He called Roddy. MJF then told Joe he's not afraid of him. He called him a Swifty. (laughs) He says he should pray. He doesn't win the tournament because he'll choke him out. He promised on his life to choke him out. He talked very... This was uh, uh, like quite the uh, shock that he spoke so eloquently here. And without any hesitation, he messed up. He might have been reading off a teleprompter. I don't really see MJF, the type of guy to read off a teleprompter. But he did the Steiner math promo, Jesse. He, he, he went through the Steiner uh, academic program here on Dynamite. And he said that his odds of beating Joe... Uh, with his math, led to him having a 141.66 percentage of beating him at Grand Slam. That's awesome. I mean, uh, I That's said this awesome. on social media. It, it, how long does it take uh, roster members on the WWE side of things, on Raw and SmackDown, to, to recite their promos and have it sound natural? MJF uh, recited this uh, like the fucking Micro Machines uh, spokesman from the 1980s. And he went through all these numbers and mathematical equations. He didn't stutter once, sitting there cutting this promo. You got people in WWE struggling to fucking recite a promo and memorize their fucking scripted promo from some geek writer back there. Yeah. It's great I, stuff. I, 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 hope, I hope he was not reading from a teleprompter. No, I don't, I don't see him as the type of guy that, to read That would make this promo so much more epic. Like, yeah. re- remembering all of that, the whole cadence. I know it wasn't word for word the same promo. But he hit the same points and the same cadence and everything else. Yeah. It sounds very, very fucking similar. So, I mean, if he did that off the top of his head, that's amazing shit. Good stuff. And now we know that Roddy is a wet blanket, a third wheel, and a bland bitch. He's a, he called him a Taylor Swifty, dude. That was fucking great. That's so good. What could we what could we put in the same in the same category as bland? What what, what do you have in the cupboard, bro? What do you got in the refrigerator that's bland? Beer, rice krispies. Not no, that's too Kicks. bland. Nope. I, don't have I love bland. Kids, by the way, I don't have any bland food in my house. No, you're not a bland um, individual. No, 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 can't do it. He called him a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Told him to shake it off. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's a bland bitch. <laughs> Brian Cage and Adam Hangman Page. It's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a a tongue twister here, bro. It's too many ages. I know, too many ages here. Uh, Cage came out first. This is actually uh, the third match between these two. I was actually present for match number two at Daly's place at Double or Nothing. I think it was a pre-show match. It might have been the open to the show. I don't really remember, but uh, I remember the sun setting and uh, the sun being in my eyes trying to watch the match. Squinty-eyed. I can't. Ridiculous. But it was a great match. Yeah. Yes, it was Daly's place. May 30th, 2021. Uh, the bell rang a minute into the match. They fought at ringside early, and Hangman sent Cage into the ring post with a hurricanrana. He then slingshot himself onto Cage at ringside. Swerve's music, Swerve Strickland, and uh, Prince Nana and his dance is becoming all the rave on social media now, bro. I don't know why. I, I, can't, even, I can't even duplicate it for you, otherwise I would. I could do I the Jey Uso, though. I, 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 like, I like Danny Garcia's 
ridiculous. Oh, I can't dance. do that. I, cu- I couldn't do that for the life of me, bro. <laughs> I like Danny Garcia's he has ridiculous dance better than Nana's. Bro. I won't even uh I, I won't even bother. <laughs> I, I won't even try to imitate that. <laughs> he he sat there and did it in Don's face. It's so awkward. <laughs> And then Don was like, hey, we can make money off that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so Swerve crazy. is out there. Cage dominated. He slowed the match down against Adam Page. Hangman avoided a moonsault. Hangman fired up. Big punches at Brian Cage. They cut to Swerve, who was watching the match on the entrance ramp. Hangman leapt off the top rope at Cage. Cage caught him and used his body for arm curls. Brian Cage is a fucking savage. And Adam Page is not that small of a guy. Hangman Carrington. You know what, you know what though? What? I thought that. What? Until, the, until I saw him a couple of times in, in London. He is not as big as I thought he was. He is very average sized dude. Brian Cage? No, 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 no. Um, Hangman. Oh. He's Hangman. tall though, no? No. Huh. No, man. He's really not. And, and, and I know what you, I know exactly what you mean. And I thought to the point I'm looking right at him. I'm telling my wife, I don't think that's Hangman. Why did he have that bruise on his? Uh, I think it was his right his right pack. He had a, like a big yeah, black yeah, and that. blue. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, I'm, I'm clearly an injury. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where it came from. I have no no idea. But the, I, mean, I saw I saw I saw Hangman twice in person, and both times I saw him. It 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 caught me off guard on um how I don't want to say how small he was, but put it like this: he was he wasn't too much bigger than than Adam Cole. He was not too much bigger than Adam Cole, bro. Man of a thousand five holes says Adam Page is five foot ten. It sounds about right, but on TV he comes off he's like he's much taller. Yeah, you know, you know but it sounds about right. So after the the curls. The bicep curls with Adam Page. Uh, there was a crucifix bomb. Page was able to counter into a crucifix bomb. Cage uh, rolled to the floor, uh, and Page hit his uh, big moonsault. Back inside, Page managed to hit the top rope cross body. Cage kicked out. Cage hit a release German and wanted an outside in suplex. Page swept out the legs of Brian Cage. Tried for the buckshot. Cage counted into an F5 attempt. Page counted into a small package. Page was up and dropped Cage with a dead eye, and that was enough. For the victory. Nice looking dead eye there by by Adam Page on Brian Cage. Post-match, Page takes the microphone and said last week Strickland wanted his spot. But he sent Brian Cage to fight him instead. So Page thought Strickland had balls, but clearly he's keeping them in Prince Nana's Burger King crown. Oh. Oh. Strickland, Strickland said those sound like fighting words. But he's dumber than the Cincinnati education system if he thinks tonight is fight night. Strickland says he picks where he uh, will wrestle Adam Page. And he said at Wrestle Dream in my hometown in Seattle. Strickland said Mogul Embassy will tune him up before then. And Brian Cage attacked with Nana dancing in the ring. The young bucks appeared behind Nana mocking his dancing and laid him out with super kicks. They stood tall with Page and they stared down uh, Swerve Strickland. So it looks like we uh, we may be getting Bucks and Page versus the Mogul Embassy as a tune-up match before we get to Page and Strickland at the Wrestle Dream. I'm glad that they booked this match for Wrestle Dream, man. That's a good uh, that's a good that's a good showcase for them, and it gives them a, a little bit more time to build a little bit more and tell this uh, story over the next two weeks. Let me tell you something, man. If Swerve 
does not beat Hangman clean, they fucked up again. Oh, he has to win. Clean. He has to win. Swerve has to win to keep up his credibility and to keep up this run that he's on. He has to beat Hangman. He has to, or you're you're taking two steps back. Swerve has to win this. I agree. Uh, Renee Paquette was backstage with Danny Garcia, who doesn't care to be asked about Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. He wants to talk about going viral four times recently. As Don Callis interrupts, he was trying to recruit Danny Garcia, but Garcia shushed him, and he danced in his face and then walked off. Callis laughed and told Renee Paquette, see, that is money. I'm Jesse's doing it. I'm not doing the dance. I'm not doing the dance. All up in his face, bro. Just... Yeah, there's apparently money there. Don Callis sees money. Don Callis wants Danny Garcia in the Callis family. There you go. Maybe. Man. I can see that. It's uh, a good person to want in your family. Yeah. Jade Cargill. They showed highlights of her return on Collision. The crowd uh, showed massive indifference. The return pop was nice, but after that, it's like, oh, no. Who cares? Is she right back? They're booking, they're booking her and Statlander for Rampage on Friday, bro. We should see, the, look, uh, we should see the spoilers. Don't look good for her. Here, let's, let me just find out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm genuinely curious to see. Let me just find out oh, right Je- now. Jesse is going to spoil Rampage, man. Yeah, I'm getting ready to spoil Rampage. So. Close your ears. Mute the chat. Mute the, uh, mute the stream. Ale, if you don't want to hear it. Okay, click on here. Cider, the kingdom, ABA champion. Okay, status still champion. All right. And they show mutual respect at the end. Wow, man. They brought Jade Cargill to do business, man. Holy shit. So she Color me so shocked, she went, man. So she went on like a 400 win streak and then lost two straight. I don't know. So, fine. She lost two straight. Good. So it's definitely back in the line for Jade now, right? Uh, it may, uh, I, well, I don't know. Where does Jade go from here? Oh, probably over to fucking Soraya or whoever the fuck they're going to give God that title to us. now. God help us all, man. Holy shit. Yep. Anyway, uh, that's on Friday. Darby Allen and Nick Wayne against Matt Menard and Angela Parker. They're out there with Anna J and Jake Hager. I don't know why if it's wrestling so Darby Allen and Nick guys. Wayne though. Why is it so hard to get these guys on TV as a tag team? Uh, l- listen, I have a I have a serious question here, man. Uh, what a uh, what a turnaround here, man. Nick Wayne in, in a an Eliminator tournament, challenging for an opportunity to wrestle for the World Championship, man. At 18 years old, he hasn't even been here enough to fucking grow a goddamn piece of hair on his chest, man. And he's getting a fucking opportunity at the championship, man. He loses this tournament, and he goes right into a tag team match with 2.0. How does that make any sense, man? 
There was a maybe you maybe you know about the article. There was an article I saw that popped up. I didn't open it. I just saw the headline. The headline was something along the lines of um some some talent were supposedly uh upset or jealous or not on board with the push of a certain AEW star. I didn't know if it was Nick Wayne or Rod or uh, Roderick Strong. Have you heard anything about this article at all? I have not uh seen this article at all. Okay. I was just wondering if it was Nick Wayne or who the fuck was it. I never opened it though. I just saw the headline and just okay, here we go. I, I don't know why this match took place tonight. This was more of a rampage match, if anything. I mean, the fuck was the point of putting this on the show? But what 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 did the, I mean Christian Cage is great. It's always great to see Christian Cage, but we could have did this without the match having taken place tonight. Like, who cares? The only part I cared about was Christian Cage sitting in on commentary. So good. <laughs> He's so fucking good, man. I mean, Christian Cage is out there. He's on commentary during Darby Allen and Nick Wayne against Angela Parker and Matt Menard. And he walked out with Luchasaurus. Darby and Nick Wayne win in about eight minutes. It wasn't a bad match. Just, I don't care. So Darby leapt on to Menard at ringside. Darby and Wayne each leapt off the top rope. Wayne to ringside onto Menard. Darby hit a coffin drop on Angelo Parker for the win. After the match, Christian Cage gets up and said this was a very impressive victory. Christian said he was scrolling through Nick Wayne's mother's Instagram account. Oh, my God. He said she doesn't post enough bikini pictures. But he hey, sent man. her a special request on the side. Well, now I'm genuinely now. See, this is this is where Sap has to go into fucking sleuth mode, bro. This is the information that we need. What is the special request that Christian Cage sent Nick Wayne's mother? I, I need to know. Well, hey, you saw Nick Wayne's mom. What do you think he asked for? We, we need the solid, concrete information here, man. Man, yeah. <laughs> this guy's such a dick, dude. He says he's tired uh, He's tired of her posting about All In. He says, as the franchise player, it's kind of embarrassing. Not losing to the Cleveland Browns embarrassing, but embarrassing nonetheless. Fans booed at the Cleveland Browns, uh, you know, dig Lost. there. Fucking Cincinnati, man. Uh, he said he wants to right the wrong and challenge Darby and Sting to face him and Luchasaurus next week at Grand Slam and wrestle Dream. Now, I thought he just said Grand Slam, but... It could be Wrestle Dream as well. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not sure. But this is more than likely taking place on Grand Slam Rampage. Because the, the, the card is stacked for next week on Wednesday. Anything with Christian Cage is A-OK with me, man. Yeah. Loving it. This guy is fucking killed. Luchasaurus is... It feels like he's not even reaping enough of the benefits of being around all of this heat. From I don't know how he. I don't know how he doesn't break character. I mean, this is this is hilarious this is, shit. This is so good. How does he keep a straight face for this, dude? I would. I would on, on the series. I would like to see a, a little bit more heat for Luchasaurus here. Um, just, just, just get involved with 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 Cage being a dick a little bit. Just, just somehow because this guy's in fuego right now. And, you know, and, and Luchasaurus is just kind of just there trying to absorb it through osmosis. But let's get some more heat on Luchasaurus. Matt, could I, uh, could I make a suggestion to the creative team? I'm not having Christian Cage lose this championship ever. Because no. he, he single-handedly has put a stop to the Open Challenge. He didn't even win it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's fucking great. Who cares? He didn't even win it. There's no Open Challenges. <laughs> 
Oh my god, it's so good. No, no, there's none. And I'm already enjoying that part alone. Yeah. Excalibur talked about the upcoming show, Stat versus Cargill, acclaimed and Billy Gunn will wrestle on Rampage. Against two? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not watching Rampage. Who does? Christopher Daniels and Matt Seidel versus Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. The Lucha Brothers and the Hardys versus Butcher Blade, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal. Wow, man. What a what a show, man. I can't wait to not watch that. Collision will feature FTR in an open challenge. Woohoo! Against the Iron Savages and Danielson Claudio against Starks and Big Bill. I may tune in for that. Yay, yay. Main event. Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong. Obviously, Strong is out there with Matt Taven and Mike Bennett of the kingdom. This is the finals of the AEW Grand Slam Eliminator Tournament. Winner of this match gets MJF in the main event next week on Dynamite. Samoa Joe wins in about 11 minutes. This was a solid match. And honestly, it could have went either way here. It could have went to Roderick Strong. It could have went to Samoa Joe. But it ended up going to Samoa Joe and for probably a a better reason. They need a big-time main event next week, and they got it with Samoa Joe and MJF. He got the best of Strong early on, forced Strong to regroup with the kingdom. Uh, They had a shot battle back and forth, but Joe put an end to that with a big headbutt. Joe managed to get some offense uh, during a commercial break, we're back, and he's dominating Roderick Strong as Samoa Joe. Strong was able to come back after a series of strikes. Big missile drop kick only gets a one count on Samoa Joe. Joe was able to fight back with a Manhattan drop, a big boot, a running senton. Joe looks so good, man. This is this is not the same Joe that wrestled in WWE. I don't know what happened. This guy's a fucking killer. He flattened Roderick with a snap power slam for two. Strong floated over a power bomb. Series of forearms, Joe went down, Joe countered an angle slam, and Strong connected with a running lariat. Joe avoided a stronghold, took Roddy and put him into a corner urinagi. Mike Bennett briefly distracted Joe, who wanted a muscle buster after the urinagi. This allowed Roderick to hit the angle slam for a two. Strong leapt for a knee strike, Joe... Hit him midair with a devastating lariat, Coquina Clutch, and Roddy actually tapped out to the Coquina Clutch, and Samoa Joe gets the victory. Post-match, the kingdom checked on Roddy, while Joe took the microphone and said his prophecy has come true. Joe is coming into MJF's backyard to come for him, beat him up, and take everything MJF has, kid. Joe reiterated that he will take everything from MJF. So when he said that I knew exactly what he was doing next. What what was he doing next? When he said that line, I knew ex- I knew he was going to kill Adam Cole. Yeah. I, as soon as he said that, I was like, the only thing he can take from from MJF right now is that title and Adam Cole. Yeah. So the title is is the end game. So before that, it's going to be fucking Adam Cole. Well, this is where things got a little interesting. Taven and Bennett wanted to put the neck brace back on Roddy, who wrestles fine without the neck brace, but then needs the neck brace after the match is over. He turned and saw Cole and then immediately pulled an Eddie Guerrero and faked an injury. He faked an injury. All of a sudden, he just went down like a sack of potatoes and and started clutching at his neck. So, Cole... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Faking an injury. Have you ever heard of car accidents... 
where people get into a car accident and then the next day they get stiffness in the neck and the back and stuff. This was the same thing. He had a match and he felt fine. And it just so happened when he turned around, just so happened Adam Cole was coming and that's when a delayed pain kicked in for his neck. Yeah. So there you go. I don't believe him. Oh, come on. I don't believe him. He fell down. He faked the neck injury. Uh, the announcers were asking what the hell happened. And Adam Cole was there. He asked what happened. The medical team checked on him. They brought a gurney to the ring. And apparently they carted him off. They loaded him onto the gurney. They rolled him out. Cole wanted to go with them. And the kingdom said, no, no, this is all your fault. This is all your fault. Stay away. Stay away. So, you know, Adam Cole was standing in the aisleway here. And all of a sudden Samoa Joe comes out. And he puts Adam Cole in the coquina clutch and he chokes out Adam Cole and Samoa Joe looks into the camera and tells MJF, Max, I'm going to take everything from you. And that's the way Dynamite went off the air. Fans chanting, Joe, 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 Joe. No, so you're only supposed to use the sound switch when someone sounds ridiculous or says something ridiculous, Joe sound like he meant that shit. Yeah. He sound like a fucking killer. Yeah. Yeah. He sounded great. I thought tonight was a good show. I really thought tonight was a solid show. They, they built towards grand slam. They built towards wrestle dream. It's like, wow, man, they had two pay-per-views a couple of weeks ago. They couldn't even be bothered to fucking lift a goddamn finger to book a storyline for anything. And here we are going into grand slam, their biggest dynamite of the entire year. And, Wrestle Dream, and they got cohesive stories being told through both of these shows, man. It's crazy. When they want to do something, they want to put their heads together, man. They know how to do it. It's a beautiful thing, man. Right. Listen, we got a solid show tonight. That's all we can ask for. They couldn't do it a few weeks ago, but you know, no. whatever. No. Anyway, guys, we're going to get into the Super Chats and then get the hell out of here. I got a uh, veterinary appointment tomorrow for one of the kittens here, so... I got to be up early. Oh, what happened with the new one? Did you keep it? Uh, no, we found a foster for it. Oh, it's going what the to hell? A, Going to a good family. Oh, yes. Man. I'm sad. Could have kept it. I'm sad. I can't, bro. I have two now. So? I don't want to become a, a fucking cat man over here, you know? You think two is not a cat man, but three is? No, two's not, no. Oh, okay. No. Anyway, guys, uh, hit that thumbs up. We got 630 likes, guys. Why is everyone so stingy with the likes? I mean, did we not entertain you tonight? Were you not entertained? Were you not entertained? Huh? What do I got to do? I got to dance like Danny Garcia on the show for you to hit the thumbs up? Jesse will do it. There you go. Hit that thumbs up, guys. We really appreciate it. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out in just a second. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's funny, though. All in your uh, face with it. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below, turn on the bell for notifications, and go check out all the other content, including last night's great episode of Tuesday Night Titans, where we talked about the WWE sale and the merger with UFC, selling to Endeavor, what it means for WWE, what's going to happen, predictions, and all that other great shit. So go check that out. Joseph Taylor. With a $5 Super Chat. JD, Jesse, my top two favorite Walter matches. Tyler Bate, NXT TakeOver Cardiff, 
and Ilya Dragunov. Takeover 36. What are your guys' two favorite Walter matches? You just named them, bro. Yeah, same. The Tyler Bate match at Cardiff is his best match maybe ever. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Tonight's crowd sucked big time. And they weren't bad. But it's tough to be a great enthusiastic crowd when you're sitting in a fucking 9,000 seat arena and you got 2,500 there. They were alive. Who? They were alive. The crowd was. They fun. were alive. Yeah, they weren't bad. It wasn't Monday Night Raw like. I mean, come on now. And also, Michelle says, think Sting gets his first tag team loss next Wednesday. Uh, listen, I don't think Christian Cage should be losing anything. I'm having Christian Cage go over. Uh, Eddie Hazard with a 1999. Thank you, brother. I'm in Cincinnati for Dynamite. Between the commercial breaks, Justin Roberts had a running rib on Taz where he kept introducing him. It became Taz Appreciation Night. So if you heard chants for Taz on TV, that's why. <laughs> awesome. Taz is great. We love Taz. Should be Taz Justin Appreciation Roberts. Night every night. Yeah. Uh, also, Eddie Hazard, 499. Also, hate to admit it, but the Heritage Bank Center is only 40% full tonight. Hard cam side almost completely empty. Well, Eddie Hazard was there, so we believe him. $9.99 by Tony Brown. He says, JD and Sir Jesse. Going on, Mr. Tony Brown. Thank you, Tony Brown. We had uh, Tony Storm booty me tonight in our face. It was a beautiful Ooh, thing. Uh, Golden Boy with a 23 months. One more month to go for 24 months. Keep up the good work. Great job from you both. Always love and respect. It's OTS for life. Thank you, Golden Boy. Beyond the Scripts with a $10 Super Chat. AJ, sorry about the message you got. Anytime you need me to back you up, I got you, brother. Damn it, someone, uh, someone wished death on me, man. Someone DM'd me today on, on, on Twitter and said that they pray for my death every night and they wished I got into an automobile accident and died. You made it in life, bro. I know. You made it. I'm I actually found... a very safe driver, so that's not going to happen. Did you see, did you see, I, I retweeted some, I got some guy, someone created a new account and they're following one person, me. Wow. And then, and then, and then they're trolling me. You made it, man. I've, man. You made I'm it. Top of the world, my. Holy crap. They made a troll account. Just, I didn't block them. This is, I love it. They just to troll me, they made this fucking alt account. DJ Hitton in the chat. I see you, bro. By the way, JD, you were correct about Becky Lynch. I know. I said on Monday, this match with Tiffany Stratton is going to speak volumes about Becky Lynch. Does she care about Becky Lynch or does she care about the women's division? Clearly, she doesn't give a shit about the women's division because she feels like taking a developmental championship away from somebody that won it two months ago is going to be a, a big career move for her. Great. NXT is trash. Never, ever, ever in the old NXT would you see any main roster talent take a fucking title away from an Adam Cole or a Tommaso Ciampa or an Asuka. Fuck off. Please. They, okay, so Becky Lynch headlined WrestleMania. Yeah. She pinned Ronda Rousey. The, the version one of Ronda Rousey. Yeah. At WrestleMania. And now 
They have her taking titles from developmental talent? Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it's funny how nobody sees the deficiencies in everything that they do. Don't you see that WWE is so creatively inept that they have... What, what, what's good? What's better? OCD or ADD? I, I don't know. They got... They got they got, they get, o- they get ADHD. O- yeah, ADHD when it comes to Becky Lynch because WWE cannot function unless she's in a title feud. Then you got geeks telling me, oh, well, she wasn't in a title feud for all year. Yeah, but they put her in a feud with Trish Stratus. Why don't they use her star power to put somebody else over? They put her in a feud with Trish Stratus. It ended up being the worst feud ever for the women's division. Fucking awful. And now she has nothing to do on Monday Night Raw because Rhea Ripley's not ready for her yet. So they send her down to NXT to win a championship down there, and they're going to use her down there to boost ratings because now they got Becky and Dominic holding developmental championships. This isn't NXT. I mean, at least Dominic is pretty much developmental, just not in NXT. Yeah. Uh, What the fuck is Becky Lynch doing? You would never see anything like that happen under the old Triple H administration down there. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Andrade, Malachi. They'd nev- they would never be losing to main roster talent. Ever. Now it's okay. That's Goes to show you the IQ of the fan base is fucking uh, as, uh, as dense as a fucking uh, eggplant. That's why when you want to ask me who I think's running the show in WWE, I'm like, look, I don't know. I don't know, but Becky is the women's champion in NXT. Let's just put that there. Yeah. She's the man, pal. Whatever. Golden Boy, thank you, brother. Beyond the script, thank you. Paul Van Tassel, 33 months. Tomorrow's my 44th birthday. Can you please play Red Skies for me? And I would like either a Pepsi or a Coke with no ice. I'm not a big alcoholic drinker. Paul, happy 44th birthday. I'll play Red Skies after this one's over, brother. Robert Hurt, 30 months. J.D., let's celebrate six years in a row. Our Braves National League East champions. It's only one step, brother. I don't, I don't celebrate until we got the, the series. It's too early. Too early to be celebrating. Tenario, one, two, eight with a $10 super chat. What's up, J.D. and Jesse? I've been busy the last couple of months. Just wanted to say, hey, what's up, man? Tenario, also with a $5 super chat. Do you want to see A.W. do a show at the Manhattan Center or the Hammerstein Ballroom one day? Yes, I'd love that. I think that'd be great. But also, it's expensive to run. Costa, the Cray Cray. Ballroom? Yeah. Yeah, Hammerstein Ballroom is like $30,000 to rent out. It holds like 15 people. Hammerstein Ballroom holds 3,000 people. Jeez, please, dude. But they'll be allowed in there, though. I don't know why they haven't. I don't think WWE would actually allow them to run there, honestly. I get so sick of them being... Just able to fucking do that. That's like w- spin- that whole that whole fucking area, bro. It's WWE territory right there. Madison Square Garden, then right across the street's fucking Manhattan Center. Can they still do that if they if if if, if like say MSG wanted to hold something for AEW and Vince tried putting the squeeze on them? Can MSG call up Ari Emanuel? Like, what the fuck are you guys doing to me here, bro? You strong arming me? I don't know. Uh, Chad West. It was a good match between Tiffany and Becky. Yeah, but I had geeks telling me it was one of the best women's matches all year. Give me a break. One of the best women's matches all year. Why? Because Becky Lynch just showed up on NXT on Tuesday night? Stop it. 
Tiffany's not even developed yet. She's got a great moonsault and she's athletic. Let's oh, stop. She's, oh, she's developed already. Oh, yeah, she's developed. She's developed. Uh, Coast of the Cray Cray with a two-dollar super chat. Five hundred thousand for MSG and four hundred thousand for Barclays. What the? Around one point five million to rent MetLife Stadium. Well, it's easy for WWE to do that when they're bringing in twenty-six million gate. You know, those numbers don't sound ridiculous. No, they don't. No, I mean they don't. They they really don't. But like, I mean, those prices don't sound ridiculous versus what you know you're going to be making, dude. Think about what they make in in merch alone. Yeah, alone, much less the the price of the tickets and shit, man. I mean, so I get it. I mean, if, if that's why I'm like three hundred thousand. Like, oh, that's not terrible if you look at like look what they sold at Wembley. So, but that's still too expensive. Those those Arthur Ashe Stadium tickets are fucking insane, man. There's yeah, no way I buy expensive. one of those. That's too expensive. I've uh, seen Taylor Swift concerts cheaper than that. Just to tell with a two-dollar super chat, I would like to see Kushida challenge John Moxley. Yeah, that'd be great. But no more open challenges. Steven Casson with a four ninety nine. When my neck is broken, this channel is my neck brace. TNT Fox Jesse Fox. Hopefully the marks in the chat are doing it too. Marina Shafir is greater than Nia Jax. What do you think of Nia Jax coming back, bro? I haven't uh, gotten your uh, opinion on that yet. It's not my problem. I'm not with, like bro. most girls. <laughs> not my problem. Is that her theme I mean, song still, or is that uh, going to go away? I mean, she's not like most girls. Oh my god. Is Charlotte still here or is she on the hiatus or what? Who? I am still here. Affirmative. Was she on Raw or SmackDown? What what is she doing? I was on Friday night SmackDown. And Naya came back to Raw. I teamed with Shotzi. They get her teaming with Shotzi? Against EO and Bailey. Why is EO in a tag team program? Because I said so. Makes sense. <laughs> Charlotte just has to be close to that fucking title, man. She has oh, to be close man. to that title. Sounds I about injure right. most girls. How are they treating EO? Yo, what's the insurance policy like on the WW Women's Locker Room, man? Does anybody know? Wow. They got any insurance policies out? I heard Kyrie Sands coming back, man. I don't know if she wants to come back now. Uh, how are they treating EO as champion? Who? EO? E- EO. Is EO still champion? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know if you watch the show. She's not. EO is still the champion. Oh, my God. Seriously. For now. For now. They have foolishly booked EO and Asuka two weeks from now, which has my mechanisms in a fury. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. JR's horny again. Uh oh. Jim Ross is a horny old man. 
got chat. If you're not following Jim Ross's Twitter, you have to. It's fucking amazing. You can tell when JR gets horny, man. He likes and retweets some some Tony Brown approved meat. Let's just put it like that, man. Bro, I mean, he he retweeted Rebel. Oh, oh, there we go. You saw that? Uh-uh. He, 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 still he likes Rebel? He likes Rebel? I don't know. I guess so. Doesn't hey, matter. Not, Jim Ross is not a picky man, bro. It's not a bad piece, man. Rebel's all right. Uh, Steven, thank you, brother. Uh, Kid Revos with a five-dollar super chat. Four out of seven belts for AEW are an open challenge limbo, and Statlander literally walking Jade's path rain-wise. Nice to see TK keeping his word on booking. All right. Guardian with a twenty. JD Jesse, something is up with my phone. Help me out till I correct. Sorry, chat. Thanks. No, I'm not high. You're good, bro. Even if you were high, who cares? Enjoy yourself. If you're into that type of thing, I don't know. God, JR's fucking ankle looks terrible. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. I may be wrong, but I feel like Tony may be trying to compete with WWE in ticket pricing and running back-to-back pay-per-views. It may be too much for him. Stop trying to compete with WWE. Problem solved. PMAC with a $10 super chat, and people love to shit on Mercedes. She's never burying the younger NXT talent like Becky and Charlotte. I remember something called the Great American Bash, where she went down there and put over Rio. I remember that. Yeah, but Mercedes is the devil to a lot of these people. Uh, Will Chisholm with a five. I agree with y'all, but every time Soraya hits an interview, she keeps talking about wanting women's wrestling to have tag team titles in AEW, so it might happen. Bro, I swear to God, if they add more tag team titles, if they add another women's title to this company, man, I may fly to Jacksonville myself and knock on Tony Khan's office. Ooh, um, wrestlers on Netflix comes out. Who? out. Ooh, wow. Wrestlers on Netflix comes out. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God, JR is really horny for Maria Kanellis. Guap Rollin'. Or Guap Rollin'. 499 on December 11th I was shot and lost my eye. I spend every day in recovery watching you guys so thank you. That sounds fucking terrible, Guap, but we are happy that you are here. I thought that was the start to a riddle. Are you serious? Sorry to hear that, brother. Oh my god, that's terrible, man. We got you, man. We got you always. Uh Sue with a $5 super chat. JD Jesse, I like the way you do business. Always telling the truth. Thank you. So, fellas, I got one question. What the fuck are you guys drinking? OTS for long. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, Sue. Just to tell what a five-dollar super chat. Becky Lynch winning the NXT Women's Title is just another reason why NXT is not competing with Dynamite on Wednesdays. I don't know who watched. Dude, NXT has the most dumb, immature, brain-dead fans of any fucking promotion, man. They're a bunch of. <laughs> Those aren't the same people at Full Sail, man. The people at Full Sail were smart. These people would fucking cheer for someone taking a dump in the middle of the ring and then chant, fight forever. Yeah. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. I know you guys may or may not know if some of the women from AW feels about the women's booking, at least the ones who are real with y'all. I know how a couple of them feel about it, but... Jesse's not at liberty to say. 
And Will Chisholm with a five dollar super chat. If we remember, AW brought in Double J to book bigger arenas. Maybe it was too soon. Is that his job? I thought he was just for live events, uh, house shows. Yeah, I don't Which think he's not doing anymore. I don't think it's Jeff Jarrett's job to spend TK's money. No. No, it's not his job to. It's not. I, I wish it was not a job to be on TV. Yeah. He should be in the back pushing a pen somewhere. Searching online about which venues they should be running. Smaller venues. Jim Ross gets really horny on Twitter. Bro, let the man have his fun, man. What is he, 80? He really likes Tory Wilson. Can you blame him? Nope. He really fucking likes Julia Hart. Can you blame him? Not at all. And his favorite, dude, I'm convinced he's either has or is trying to get Maria Canellas. His likes are full of Maria Canellas pictures. Nothing wrong with that. Maria Canellas is a beautiful woman. Very hot, bro. Very hot. Anyway, man, uh, we're about to get out of here. Any uh, Anything you want to say before I uh, roll up this window here, man? No, man, let's get on out of here. Um, I will... Uh, cover of Victory Road tomorrow along with um, tomorrow night's Impact Show. I'm going to roll them into one. It's been a pretty busy week with streams and family life. So I'm gonna you, you're not, you're not really maximizing the YouTube YouTube algorithm there, bro, by uh, doing two shows in one. I know, man. I know, but I want to get the I want to get the coverage out for my diehard Impact fans. All right, there you go. Go follow Jesse at Shy Town Smart on YouTube if you guys care about Impact. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. I will have content up tomorrow at some point. I may stream some uh, on my second channel, depending on how I feel. And next time you see me live will be Saturday afternoon because I have House of Glory obligations on Friday. I will be at House of Glory with Sol Monster. And I will be doing my commentary thing over there. We got uh, a great show over there on Friday night, and I'll see you guys on Saturday for the SmackDown post. Uh, Nickname My with a $5 super chat. I feel like the reason AEW is so weak right now has not really much to do with the booking, but more with WWE being so strong. AEW could be just as strong if they stop worrying about the WWE. On Friday, can you get a picture with uh, Sunny Kiss and post it? Uh, absolutely no. Oh, bro. Not gonna happen. Bro, no. Not gonna happen. Uh, I don't even know what uh, Sunny Kiss is doing at the show. Uh, Joseph Taylor with a two dollar super chat. Dynamite was six out of ten. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, anyway, guys, uh, I'll see you tomorrow for some extra. We got some news, and I'll get you guys caught up for the week. Because there's only one channel where you should be getting caught up on, and that's right here, man. Fuck the UK guys and the geeks over there. Uh, and also, uh, Saturday, SmackDown, make it uh, a deal to show up on Saturday afternoon. Until then, guys, thank you so very much for a great stream, and I'll see you all on Saturday right here on Off the Script.
It's easy to lose sleep when you're worried about your health insurance plan. But when you have a family counting on you to take care of them, having the right coverage is more important than ever. That's why Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is here to help. With low to no cost plans for you and your family. So you never go it alone. That's our anthem. Click to learn more. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.